Hey, this is Hiro Kanagawa, Captain Tanaka on Altered Carbon. It's going to blow your mind. And uh, you've been listening to the Below the Belt Show. The Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Right, we have another incredible show for your weekly pleasure, and we've assembled an amazing panel for you guys tonight, as we always do every week on BTB. Um, first of all, let's go ahead and introduce returning to BTB Airwaves from the depths of the Sith planet. We welcome the one and only Darth Paul Wallace. I am a sick lord. <laughs> Darth Paul, good to have you back on BTB. Must be back. All right, and we also have joining us on BTB for the first time. Um, so uh, uh, we're happy to have him on. He's been um, an actor in the industry, a filmmaker, a creator himself, um, and uh, he's a lover of all things '80s, which is great. Probably has a lot in common with the king of the 80s, Chachi McFly, but he's not with us today. Um, he's the one and only Ben Cheyenne. What's up, y'all? Ben's in the house. <laughs> ben, welcome to BTB, your first um, foray into Below the Belt show world. Yes, sir. You guys have been doing this for like 20 years. <laughs> somebody somebody grabbed my cane, you know, all that. <laughs> but it has been quite the journey, Benny boy, and... Uh, I don't know why it took so long for you to join BTB, but I kind of ha- had an epiphany. Uh, uh, basically, we actually have one more panelist to bring on, uh, and when we introduce them, um, and then I thought about the movie that we're actually promoting and the actress and producer that we're promoting. I was like, I think we should have somebody from the Jewish faith representing <laughs> us here on BTB. So, uh, Ben, it's good to have you. All those years in NCSY better come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben, I guess um, this is your first time on BTB. If you could kind of just give us an introduction uh, as to a little bit about you. Uh, I know that not only you're an actor, you're also a creator as well. You've actually produced your own content as well. Um, I've been in L.A. for 12 years. I uh, moved in the September of 2009, and it's been pretty crazy. Uh, next year, I'll hit a baker's dozen. <laughs> nice. But, 13 um, is a baker's dozen, right? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I had to remember that term for a minute. <laughs> I 
That's probably third... because the, the the baker likes to try one to make sure they're good. I guess that's why they call it that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. But anyway, um, yeah, been here 12, uh, 12 years thus far. It's been a crazy journey. Uh, I mean, I've had my fair share of uh, amazing experiences, and I've had my sh- fair share of wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really happy to be a part of the L.A. community. And as I continue to uh, live here, I just I feel more at home every year. I feel Great. more that um, I did the right thing for me. And no matter Good. what happens, I'm proud of my decisions I've made. Um, the people I've met, the experiences I've had. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Artie Boy was the first person I saw when I moved here. I, Art- <laughs> yeah, I guess we should go ahead and introduce him as he's joining us a little fast and be late, but nonetheless, guys. Fashionably late, I got here at 6.31. (laughs) (laughs) You said at 6.30, I thought it was 6.15, gentlemen, but nonetheless. no, man. I don't have enough time to eat dinner when I come from work. (laughs) (laughs) That's neither here nor there, guys. Let's go ahead and introduce him to the listening audiences. He is an actor. He is a podcaster. He's a creator. He's an editor. Um... Uh, am I missing anything? The list goes on and on. Oh, it just keeps going. I'm, I'm a, a bullshit a good, extraordinaire. He, he's a stand-up dude. He's a stand-up dude. Uh, well, sometimes, but I don't Except do stand-up. There's a difference. <laughs> I might be a stand-up dude, but I'm not a dude who does stand-up. So, yes. Art Hall, aka Art yes. uh, Party Arty. Yes, Party Arty joining right. us here on BTB. So both yeah, you, Ben, and Artie are um, Los Angeles transplants from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and also on the line is Paul Wallace. He's from Pennsylvania. But uh, one thing that all four of us have in common. I was born in Maryland, if that helps. But... Oh, born in Maryland, currently living in Pennsylvania, correct? Correct. Um, all of us are Screen Actors Guild members on the panel tonight. So I thought that's kind of a, a nice little tie-in. Yeah. I was really hoping you were going to say the one thing we all have in common is a slight hint of the, the Delco accent, but you know, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> but we'll go with Screen Actors Guild. That's cool with me. I'm down with that. Uh, Paul's got a little bit of the Delco going <laughs> no, I, just, I just say smart shit. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all, we all got into SAG different ways, didn't we guys? Yeah, I guess that's kind of cool. That's a kind of cool thing that we can talk about. How yeah. each of us on the dais, or sorry, the panel, dais is when you roast people. Um, <laughs> we're going to roast Ben anyway. So, <laughs> no. Uh, well, how, how each of us uh, obtained our Screen Actor Skill card. So um, let's start with Paul Wallace, Darth Paul Wallace from Delco. Well, I guess to get my last uh, waiver, um, I was uh, working on Homeland, and I had to uh, drive a truck into another truck without hitting it. A full speed. Huh. Wow. So, I mean, like, yeah, risking I mean, life and limb and getting into the screen actors. Yeah, so that was one of the militia guys, and we had to block the road with the trucks, and the stunt guys couldn't get it done. So, I mean, I, I just stopped in there with somebody else, and we got it done. And after wow. that, SAG eligible and no hesitation, joined right away? Yeah. Wow. So you didn't even waste any time. Nope. Wow. And ever since then, you've been uh, working on a lot of productions. 
Yeah, just worked on one today. I had to get up at 4 a.m. That sucked. 4 a.m. call time. You must be exhausted. Are you Are you able to say which <laughs> well, direction? It five, no, it was a 5.45 call time, but you had to get four, up at 4 a.m. to make the drive. So. I see. Yep. Are you able to say which production it was, Darth Paul Wallace? It was a production filmed in Baltimore called We Own the City. Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, but it was a good production. That's right, guys. We Own the City is an HBO miniseries brought to brought to you by the minds behind the wire, David Simon. Mm-hmm. It's about the Baltimore uh, uh, gun task force, right? Gun, and gun, gun trace task force. John Gun Trace Task Force, correct? Uh, and of course, it stars John Bernthal. Many of you might know him from The Walking Dead and The Punisher and many other movies. Also, um, got to give a shout out to Trey Cheney, friend of ours, uh, who was in The Wire, also is um, in the cast. And uh, let's not forget Baltimore's own Josh Charles. Oh, well, you've got Baltimore's own Lion Beckwith. He was there, too. That's right, our buddy, the 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 Cal Drogo of the DMV, uh, Lion Beckwith, who <laughs> we had on on uh, Below the Belt show, also uh, booked a uh, a role on uh, We Own the City. So congratulations to, I'm missing one, uh, Jamie, right? Jamie Hector. Oh yeah, he was there. Jamie Hector. Jamie Hector is another one of the leads as well. So, I mean, if you're a Wire fan, I'm pretty much bringing a lot of the Wire cast back to that show. So that's kind of cool. And rest in peace, Michael K. Williams. That's right. Yeah. Wow, what a tragedy, guys, with, with Michael K. Williams, uh, who's no, no longer with us, nominated for an Emmy. And, of course, he have had a very important role in HBO's The Wire. And, of course, he was nominated for Lovecraft Country. Um, gone too soon, for sure, guys, for sure. So, um, But uh, so we talked to Paul about how he got his SAG card. Uh, Benny Boy. Ben Cheyenne, a.k.a. Benny Boy. Let's talk about your SAG journey. Let me think about it for a minute. Well, here's the thing, guys. I never got one single waiver. Not one. Not one. I tried numerous times. Oh, no, I remember how Ben did it. I I, I know how Ben did it. Wow. Let's hear it, please. Well, hang on, Art. I'd like to tell my own story, please. (laughs) No, I'm just saying. I'm not going to say how you did it. I'm just saying I know how you did it. Okay. So... I um I never got a single waiver, but um and every time I do extra work, I'd always be that guy to go up to the first AD. Hi, I was just wondering if there's any extra SAG waivers, if I could have one. No, there's not. Okay, well thanks anyway. Let's go over here. And get some food. <laughs> but um I think it, yeah, when I was doing background, I was talking to somebody and they said they needed a Jewish-looking guy, an Israeli soldier, for a short film they were producing. Oh, it's so. So I was like, I can pull, totally pull that off. So the guy put me in touch, and the lady, her name, uh, what was her name? Uh, I feel so horrible. I think her name was Sabina, Sabina, Sabrina. And um, she was like, all right, Ben, you know, cool. Meet us at this location at this time on this day. And uh, if you, if we can give you a lot if you want, but we'd have to taft partly you. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> the, the magic words, taft partly. That is the, the magic, magic word. word. Yeah, you magic can't be. Word. A lot of people, well, let's just a little preface to t- for yeah. the audiences that might not know what Taft Hartley is. That's basically when you're given a voucher, um, a union voucher for someone that's non-union. So that's basically what a Taft Hartley and is. It come, contrary to popular belief, it was not from a man named Taft Hartley. It was from two men, one last name Taft, one last name Hartley, who created the clause. 
I, I I would probably have guessed the, the latter. Of two. Is that the Taft that was president, or is that a different Taft? Mm-hmm. No, well, there's a U.S. president named Taft. I believe it was President Taft. Wait, wait. I believe United former United States President Taft. Really? I believe so. I believe oh, he was wow. one of the ones. I believe. I, I'm not entirely sure, but okay, I always I would, like to I wouldn't have research, guessed that. So. I didn't think. Uh, I didn't think we had any actor presidents other than Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. But uh, oh. well, it's that. not. A, it's not about that. It's not about being an actor. So mm-hmm. it's it's the Taft Hartley Act was, and they just sag appropriated that phrase. So the Taft Hartley Act was also called a Labor Management Relations Act. So uh. it talks about. It deals with unions and the power and how much they can have and all that stuff. So the you know, it, I think it's sort of grabbed by that. But yes, it was. Um, let's see, introduced by past that. Da-da. It was. Um, yeah, it looks like it was involved. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it was not President Taft. It was Republican ah. Senator Robert Taft. Ah, okay. And oh, Congressman yeah. Fred A. Hartley Jr who created this, uh, Harry Truman tried to veto it, but it got overruled. So anyway, it's a thing that a union, well, sorry, SAG calls themselves a union. It's a thing that the guild, um, yeah. like they appropriated the phrase right. as a Taft Hartley, you know, this is thing for getting people work union rate and union wise without being members. So Cause the union can't shut out everybody if they need somebody, I guess. Exactly. So when they told me I would be Taft Hartley, I'm like, that's wonderful. So, dude, uh, to go along with your story, I had to be there because the, the, the scene had to be shot at the golden hour. So I had to be there before the sun came up that day. So I drove out before the sun came up and I got there and like, Ben, we're so sorry, but we're kind of backed up and we can't do it right now. Can you come back when the sun sets? <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, sure. Okay. All right. Whatever. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so I got in my car and drove back. I took a nap at my house and then I, I drove back and I did the scene on the golden hour at the sunset. And then, and I, I my line was, I caught this one sticking around the back because my job is to be an Israeli soldier and catch someone going over the border. Oh, wow. So I caught, so I, I said the line, caught the girl. And then I was like, do you want to do another shot of me doing it a different way? Like, oh yeah, sure. So we did another shot of me doing it a different way, just in case they wanted it. And then after that, the sun had already set. So I, I basically had like 15 minutes to get this shot perfect. But we did. And a couple of days later, I got in the mail. Your work on such and such has now given you eligibility to join the union. And it said all the standard procedures. Uh, you must pay $3,000 or whatever it was back then. Um, and please, if you do, do not go financial core because it's not a good idea. And I'm giving you the layman's terms. <laughs> so before I even got in the union, they were like, don't do it. So I held on to those papers for a while and I did pay into AFTRA. But then when the merger happened, that's when I was grandfathered. So that's when I officially okay. became the SAG when there the merger happened. There you go. All right. <laughs> Art Hall <laughs> and joining the prestigious Screen Actors Guild. Oh, well, it goes back to uh, to the wire, hon. Um, <laughs> I've been collecting... I've been collecting a variety of vouchers. I think what what did you need? Was it three or five? I don't remember exactly. Three vouchers, three. yeah. Mm-hmm. Three. So I remember I had gotten two in the years coming up. Um, so uh, I don't remember specifically. I think uh, I, I think I did Union on the visiting or the not the visiting. Is it no? I don't know. Whatever the fuck it was. It was in two thousand five. 
Um, the invasion, that's what it was. Invasion. And then I think I did another union on another thing. And then I fell ass backwards into being part of the core background for the wire, the last season of the wire season five. Yeah. And I was in the news. So anytime they filmed a scene in the newsroom, I was part of that group. Oh yeah. Uh, and that pretty much worked me anywhere on a slow week, two times a week and a busy week, four times a week um for months so after two days on that then i had the voucher and change so uh that's where it came from and the earnings from working that show alone paid for the union membership which was yes. cheaper in maryland at the time at the time i right. feel like it was 12 or 1800 maybe um and then i had right. to pay the difference when i got out here maybe it was 2200 i don't know it was somewhere around there but i know when i got to la um, to work in the market, then I had to pay the difference. But that's what it was. Right. It was actually one of those fortunate things that just sort of happened nicely. So yeah, that's 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 awesome. And of course, um, I believe you and me, you and me are part of the class of two thousand seven. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Two thousand seven is uh, yes. Been on, been on the ID ben? for a while. Yeah. <laughs> ben, what class of SAG are you? Uh, well, like I said, when the merger happened, I think it was 2012. When the 2012. Merger happened. Okay. And how about you, Paul? What class of what class are you? I'm like 12 or 13, also. So. Okay, good. Oh, Al, a funny little cliff note. Um, they sent me at one month. They sent me two SAG cards when I renewed it, and then they sent me an apology email. They apologized for doing that. <laughs> so I have our, a backup. The vendors, you know? the vendors. <laughs> <laughs> Never leave home without it, right? <laughs> I was like, whatever. I don't, I, don't give, I don't give a shit. You want to send me two cards? Just send me two cards. I don't care. Well, well Ben, I think we're on the topic of um, you being also a creator. Um, can we talk a little bit about some of the films that you actually worked as a producer for? I've produced a pro- not approximately, but... I'll sign off on five things that I've produced. I did a movie back in Maryland called No Contest with my best friend, Rob. Uh, we did the whole nine. We wrote it. We uh, hired actors. We get locations. And we had a premiere at the Charles Theater, which was amazing. Awesome. Um, and then I did a series called I'm Not Buying That with the same guy, Rob. Or about he just goes around not buying things. And it's a funny circumstances he gets into. <laughs> <laughs> so window shopping, um, essentially. I sort of, yeah, okay. sort of. He doesn't buy it in every sense of the word. Like he's not believing in it, or he's not going to pay money for it, or he's not going to uh, do it, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, and here in LA, I produced a web series called Two for Flinching, which started me, where I'm always in circumstances and I have to make a decision, and I can never make up my mind. So you see alternate ver- variations of my decisions, and like what could happen if I were to do this, that, and the third. <laughs> That's kind of clever. So, oh yeah, and it's almost like a choose your own adventure. Too. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and, and if you want to, you can keep your thumb on the page. Like, oh, I didn't choose the adventure. I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about making it interactive? That would be that would be amazing. But that would require a lot more technology than that would be some development. Yeah. yeah. ABC and you actually go to that particular scene. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. you know, I think guys, I think there was a movie like this. Years and years and years and years ago, mm-hmm. where you could hit a button and, and the collective answer would give you the audience the next variation of that movie. It was a bit some kind of a beta thing. They tried it out. Well, it's interesting Isn't that, that Robin died. What? Robin? 
Yeah, they killed uh, Robin off in one of the Batman comics because people had to vote if he was going to live or die. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's crazy. Now, it's interesting that we're talking about this, guys, uh, with, you know, Choose Your Adventure or whatever. Our special celebrity guest is actress Judy Beecher, and she's got an amazing film to promote. But before we get to the film, she was actually in the mature audiences only video game, Heavy Rain. And it kind of played like a movie. And uh, you kind of had to make decisions of what this, what, you know, the avatars would do. And um, Judy voiced, and I believe motion captured Madison, um, which was the female lead in Heavy Rain. And for those of you that played the game, Madison gets naked a few times in the video game. Um, A shower scene. I think she's, uh, you know, um, begrudgingly giving some creep a lap dance and takes a lamp and bashes him over the head. Um, But those are all kind of like... uh, choose your own adventure kind of scenarios and i think it's really cool that we're going to be bringing on judy beecher to btb who also uh, is in a movie called tango shalom um from one of the makers of big fat greek wedding also stars karina smirnoff from dances dancing with the stars and it's all about a, a rabbi who enters a tango competition to save a hebrew school from bankruptcy Aww. But the rule for uh, some Orthodox Jews is that they cannot touch another woman that they're not married to or in a relationship with. Do you want to, so, do you want to know the term? I'll tell you the term. Go ahead. It's called Shomer Nagia. Shomer Nagia. All right. So because of Shomer Nagia, uh, was that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't worry, Al. Even I don't know if I'm saying it perfect. Yeah. <laughs> How does, does one win a tango competition or even dance a tango for that matter. I'm very curious about this film. It's available in limited theater release right now and on video on demand at the end of the month, guys. So we're really excited to, uh, to talk Honestly, to man, Judy Beecher. If he just uses gloves, is that, is that, a, is that a loophole? The gloves. Now that, now that you say it out loud, I'm thinking to myself, if I had a glove and she had a glove, eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, back have, then. You have to think Orthodox Jews are some of the most loyal men. Um, they like they would never cheat on their wives because of this rule, right? Oh, yeah. And they're not even, I mean, uh, God, dude, they're not even supposed to see her completely naked. It's always supposed to maintain some kind of a, of a fantasy in the mind. Oh, so 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 the the stories about the sheets with the holes that that is that is true when they're yeah. cop, copulating. Yeah, that's really, really wow. Cool. Do do all Orthodox Jews practice this or do um? I mean, there's different level like there's different Hasidic, levels. Okay, from and there's basically Orthodox Jews. Okay, and there's always like higher levels, but I'm saying that I was never Orthodox. Um, the youth group I was a part of was, but I wasn't. So. Okay. I would have to, you know, adhere to their rules when I was around them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, man, um, they just want to maintain the uh, sanctity. The sanctity, and, right? You know, of course, they wait till marriage to, you know, consummate. So it's just very, very strict, and you're expected to adhere to that. Well, I think it it brings up about a lot of comedy elements. Yeah. Uh, the, the the trailer was hysterical. And as you know, Karina Smirnoff is gorgeous. I actually met her uh, at several of the Dancing with the Stars um, uh, competitions and, and parties. And uh, oh, 
Yeah, sweetheart. Hi, Al. Um, this is a funny story. I was getting on the bus to go to a retreat in the youth group once, right? And there was uh, a guy sitting next to a girl. And there was room if he would, the girl would have slid over. I could have sat down, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, flip that. The girl was on the window seat and the guy was on the aisle seat. And he didn't slide over. So he was like, show me your Nagia. Like, you son of a bitch! Move your ass! I want to sit down! Unbelievable. So thanks to him, I had to stand for an hour and a half. Well, I, we're, I can't wait to talk to Judy about it. She's also not only an actress in this film, she's also one of the producers. So lots of questions. Sorry, guys. I had to get that out of my system. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's quite all right, man. That's quite all right here on Below the Belt Show. So I guess, I guess let's start. Let's throw out a couple Hollywood headlines while we are waiting for Judy to join us here on BTB. So here we go. Well, wait. Uh, one yes. thing. You didn't tell your story how you got in the union. Oh, I'd be remiss. I know I've told it <laughs> on Below the Belt Show a bunch of times, but yes. Yours truly had joined um, Screen Actors Guild shortly after becoming a must-join on Step Up 1 and Step Up 2. Well, actually, Step Up – now, I'm trying to remember what year Step Up 1 was because I joined in 2007. I believe oh, it was Step Up I can 1. answer that question, dude. It was 2005 because I did my movie premiere uh, like a week after I was on a PA for that movie. Okay. So most likely it was uh, Step Up 1 where I became a must-join. I previously – yeah, I previously uh, gotten union vouchers on head of state for portraying an oh, Eskimo, right, 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 where right, I met right. the the illustrious one himself, Art Hall. That's where we met and became buddies on set. Correct. Um, and worked yep. many long hours on that Chris Rock comedy. Um, I, was, I was in the, I was in that movie also. And I, I, quite frankly, I have to um, give credit to Art Hall because when he decided he wanted to join, I. I, you know, after some contemplation, I said, okay, um, I'm, I'm ready to join SAG-AFTRA now as well. And I don't have any regrets, uh-huh. man. I really don't. I mean, a lot of people say, well, you can't do non-union. There are ways to work on non-union, folks. I mean, you can get special paperwork. Yep. You can actually work beyond the radius to work on a non-union project. If it's a, and there's certain, I mean, there's a don't ask, don't tell as well, but, <laughs> but basically there are ways you can work on non-union. Um, but um, yeah, if you're really, so, if you're really perfect for a role, they want you. They're not going to rat on you. Right. Right. So, uh, but yeah, let's talk a couple things about movies uh, right here on below the belt show. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. All right. Well, just some movie stuff, guys. So, of course, um, wow. Let's first of all talk about the upcoming James Bond, No Time to Die. Um, for whatever reason, like I said on the show before, um, Europeans and other countries get to see a lot of these big blockbusters for the americans uh i'm not sure why but uh, overseas 119 million from 54 foreign markets um so that's huge numbers for china and other um international markets for the latest chapter in the bond franchise and because britain is like probably the home of bond so i assume everybody in britain just watches bond I imagine so. <laughs> I imagine so. In fact, that's where the red carpet premiere took place, was in London, England. Um, of course. But, and, um, of course, um, expect 
some stiff competition between No Time to Die, which comes out uh, for most uh, people in the U.S. on Thursday, the 7th. However, the number one movie in America is, no surprise, Venom Let There Be Carnage. Um, now, usually I am up to date on my Marvel movies and I've seen it already. Sadly, I have not had, not had a chance to see it yet. Has anyone on the panel been able to check out Venom Let There Be Carnage? No, not, not yet. yet. No, I was going to check it out. I'm not really into that, that so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It's um, apparently um, they're calling this one the stronger of the two um, Venom movies. Um, with you know mixed reviews for the first ones and for this particular sequel, um, a lot more positive reviews. Um, it, you know, people are calling it a lot of fun, um, and the fact that it's you're dealing with such a terrifying type of antihero in Venom, but throwing some comedy aspects in it as well. And that doesn't go full co- comedic like Deadpool, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I mean you're dealing with Tom Hardy, who's a fantastic actor. I know. Artie, you, you you respect Tom Hardy a lot because weren't you um, inspired by his portrayal of Bane for one Halloween? And yeah, <laughs> I remember that was uh, that was ninety pounds ago. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, um, the one and only Woody Harrelson, um, who plays Carnage. And um, I know Paul, you're going to bring it up that Woody Harrelson is in the DMV shooting White House plumbers. Yeah, he is. But he always plays a good psychopath. Is he like the best psychopath there is? Yes, he is the best psychopath. It's funny because one of my friends that worked on set said that Woody said, hey, any of you guys check out Venom? What do you guys think? (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was really, really funny. But uh, um, it's interesting. Um, So there's, I guess, a a little spoiler territory about like the the mid-credits scene. But Basically, they hinted that there could be some crossover between Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and Venom in future movies. Interestingly enough, the first time a spider shows up in Venom, it's smashed dead by the movie's villain, Cletus Cassidy, Venom, played by Woody Harrelson, while in the middle of penning an unhinged invitation to reporter Eddie Brock to come see his execution. A large spider lands on the note card on which Cletus is writing. And the notorious serial killer thinks nothing but slamming his down, slamming his hand down and killing it, um, which, <laughs> which is pretty insane. Um, but uh, I, you know, for, based on the, those mid-credit scene guys, I mean, we we you know we saw Peter Parker uh, via J. Jonah Jameson's outing of Spider-Man at the end of Far From Home, and. Um, what this means is possible multiversal madness with the MCU now um, and with Sony slash Spider-Man. Um, because, I mean, at first, initially, there were kind of separate universes and Tom Holland was the first actor to cross over from Sony Marvel to Sony MCU. Oh, sorry, to Marvel MCU. Um, so this kind of blends the two uh, universes no, actually, together. He, he didn't cross over, did he? I thought he was always Marvel, MCU, and then uh, Garfield was uh, Sony. No, well, technically the Spider, the two Spider-Man movies we've already seen are still under the umbrella of Sony MCU. Oh, Sony, okay. yeah, they, Sony they're, and they're finally starting to merge together as I think the rights are going to be coming up or whatever. It was a it was a rights issue that you know Sony owned the rights to that Marvel. 
but this is like these last two movies were the first joint production, I believe, oh, since okay. the other five Spider-Man movies. I think there was five, or was there four? I know there's three Tobey Maguire's and how and many two Andrew Garfield, two Andrew Garfield ones? Yeah, so there was yeah some there was other five, five Spider-Man movies. Yeah. In a relatively short amount of time between the two franchises. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think it was just a year apart. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that was quickly. I mean, when MC was. Well, wasn't well, something they, happened where, like, Sam Raimi, uh, like, wanted to get it done and, like, they didn't like his script or something. And then he was like, I'm not waiting any longer. So they just scrapped his idea and just went on with Andrew, Andrew Garfield and just rebooted. I'm not familiar with that story, but that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I thought. Andrew Garfield should have deserved a third film. Uh, yeah, the thing that's complete saga. The thing yeah. that's weird from what I I've I understand from my my real comic book book nerd friends is that there was technically a difference between the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man because Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield was the Amazing Spider-Man and they oh. are different. One of them actually shoots web from his wrist, the other one has all the strength and all this other skills, but actually had to create a device to shoot webs. Yeah. So, oh. is that there are actually two different sets of comics, so maybe that's part of the way they got around it. They said, well, fuck it, we're just going to do another series if you don't want to play along, Sam Raimi, and we'll just do this property. I don't know. Right. But, right, interesting, yeah. Interesting little up. loophole. That's a very interesting little loophole. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Yes, the number one um, movie, guys, <laughs> was Venom, guys. Um no surprise there. I mean, you know, um, it's Marvel, man. You know, it's, they're going to rule the box office for quite some time. You know, um, no, no surprise there. Um, all right. Um, other movie news. Well, well, the other big movie, uh, of course, is Eternals, the, the next Marvel movie. Now, this is just strictly MCU. No Sony tie into this one. A lot of people don't know much about the Eternals, but they have a, a an incredible cast. Two cast members from game of thrones in uh kid harrington john snow himself and richard madden um who was uh one of the stark's sons um and uh is uh, he any relation to john madden? rob stark sorry rob stark <laughs> and uh it, it was kind of cool because it kind of brought the got, gave you those game of thrones you know feels um of course joined by the beautiful Angelina Jolie and Sama Hayek and Jenna Chan, which I have a little bit of heat for. I mentioned this on the show before. Jenna Chan has already been in the MCU in Captain Marvel. And yeah, and that's that for whatever reason, that bothers me when they use the same actor in the same universe. It just bothers me for some reason. Like, um, I think they're they're they cast um Aaron Taylor Johnson to be Craven and Craven um you know I guess technically is in the MCU and Aaron Taylor Johnson played um Quicksilver. Yeah, but that and Quicksilver's dead, isn't he? That's well, true, but at the end of the day it's still the same actor. I mean, it's already like suspending disbelief already. Why not oh, just I, get the yeah, but, actor, you know? Yeah, but here's the thing though. I I'd like the other Quicksilver better than the MCU Quicksilver. You know what I mean? I think he did such a better <laughs> job. Yeah. MCU Quicksilver versus are, are, are you talking? I'm talking about the X-Men Universe Quicksilver. The X-Men Universe Quicksilver was played by Evan Peters. And I think he did a better job as uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. He did a much better job. Evan Peters is great. In fact, that's I think that's why they brought him back in WandaVision. 
to but and spoiler alert but he ends up not being um ends up being some guy named boner <laughs> not <laughs> quicksilver at all which is kind of weird nice. but uh Nonetheless, guys, the Eternals, uh, we just saw some new footage offering a deeper look at the latest entry in the MCU saga. Also, um, the Eternals will be Rome Film Festival's closing film. So, uh, man, something to look forward to. Not long to wait for another Marvel movie. So Mm -hmm. dropping uh, in November, um, November 5th to be exact. Hmm. All right. Other upcoming movies we're going to be able to check out. well, one is uh, an interesting one. It's an A24 film called <clears throat> Red Rocket. And stars, uh, of all people, Simon Rex is a washed-up porn star named Mickey Saber. And I, I kind of like, they're calling, I, I don't know, I kind of see kind of Mickey Rourke vibes from The Wrestler with this movie because it seems like this is a movie that could revitalize Simon Rex's career. Uh, as Mickey, um, <clears throat> Mickey Rourke kind of had that a great career resurgence after The Wrestler. You know, um, being nominated for an Oscar, or did he? I'm not even sure if he won. Did he win the Oscar for the wrestler? Does anyone remember if he won or not? Was nominated. Yeah. Did he win? I thought he won something. I, I wasn't sure if he was just nominated or did he actually win for best actor. I'm not sure. Yeah, I sworn he won, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay, but nonetheless, Simon Rex not known for his acting chops, but people were calling him just. They're, they're, the critics were just claiming that he was such such a star in this film. And uh, um, so I'm, I'm really curious. Does the trailer look really good? I mean, I'm not sure if it's a much of a stretch of a character. He's playing a wash-up porn star. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless, something we're checking out. Uh, by the way, he was nominated. He did not win. He did not win. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Fact Checker. Um, if, yeah. if, a porn, if a porn star chooses to leave the business, does he automatically become washed up? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I guess if he's no longer um, getting the jobs, that's basically what it equates to a washed up. So if you're a washed up actor, you're, you you go from the A-list films and TVs to, you know, tiny indie films, you know, or, or you know, not, not getting back to your previous glory. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like whatever industry you were in doesn't want you anymore. Right. That's what they call watch. And it's, 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 it's their decision, not yours. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha, if gotcha. it's your decision, then you're retired. If it's their decision, you're washed up. Right. <laughs> there you go. That's... It's like I have to quit before I get fired, kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We also got some cool films in production, guys. A horror thriller called Consecration, um, centered around the suspicious death of a priest whose sister goes to the Mount Savior Convent in Scotland to find out what really happened to her brother. Um, and this one stars uh, Jenna Malone and Danny Huston, uh, just to name a few. Um, looks Sounds pretty cool. And actually, I saw the casting notices, but up in Pittsburgh, PA, Natalia Dyer, Nancy from Stranger Things, has a new f- film called Chestnut. Um, stars alongside Rachel Keller and Danny Ramirez. It's a, um, a love triangle drama, um, a queer love triangle drama, that is. Uh, and the feature film debut of director Jack Crone. Um, I, t- I looked at those casting notices. For whatever reason, Big Paul, they only wanted non-union background. <laughs> well, that's easy, uh, like Al. The work. 
You don't, you don't have to pay much money, and you don't have to follow any rules, really. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't in Pittsburgh. It was in Philadelphia. I'm sorry. Oh, what is that? That's weird. Now yeah. that's a head scratcher now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, can, can they do it in Philadelphia? I mean, because I know Pittsburgh's right to work. I didn't think Philadelphia could do right to work. Maybe I'm wrong. I, yeah, I wasn't sure about that one either, but I remember seeing the castings, and I was like, wait a minute. There's nothing for SAG-AFTRA. So it was kind of odd. It kind of took me for a, a loop there. Um, but uh, other film stuff. Um, so the Austin Film Festival is coming up on October 21st to 28th. Ironically, I booked a trip the weekend before the Austin Film Festival to visit Austin, Texas for the first time. I've never been to Austin, Texas. And a good buddy of mine I've known since high school and a buddy of mine from high school that also lives in Chicago wanted to kind of have us a trip to catch up. And we were doing this in Austin, Texas, in his hometown. And then I find out that the Austin Film Festival is taking place the weekend after I'm there. I'm like, wow, <laughs> perfect timing. <laughs> but nonetheless, I maybe have been for the better because I would have been just immersed in that festival, not even paying attention to anything else. So <laughs> it might have been for the better, guys. That's for sure. Um, interestingly enough, they interviewed um, George Clooney about his upcoming movie, The Tender Bar. And in an interview, uh, it was pretty interesting, but they uh, they talked to him about his work uh, in the infamous Batman and Robin movie, which a lot of people were saying was the worst of the Batman movie. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> and the, he was asked, actually, if The Flash actually uh, wanted him to be, um, you know, if the producers of The Flash, the director of The Flash wanted him, because, you know, Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman, why not have George Clooney back? But he's, <laughs> he said that he feels that he destroyed the franchise. <laughs> In that interview, so well, I thought that's kind of funny. if it makes him feel better, he didn't destroy it single-handedly. <laughs> well, who do you think was also contributed? Uh, Alicia Silverstone and uh, whoever, Chris O'Donnell. Whoever wrote that thing? Whoever wrote that thing? Oh, how yeah, bad! It was it was all parties involved. It was Schumacher. It was everybody. God. You mean Arnold is Mr. Freeze? He did an awesome job as Mr. Freeze. He's supposed to be like this frail little guy. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Uh, Let's see. Guys, I will say, I actually enjoyed Batman Forever. I actually did. Forever was better than Batman. I will not say that. So. (laughs) (laughs) But back then, I was so I was into Jim Carrey so much that I just really and truly enjoyed watching him. Yeah. How about you, Big Paul? What's your favorite Batman film? Um. You know what? I kind of like the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Dark Knight, yeah. The first of the Christian Bale films? No, that's Batman Begins. Dark Knight's oh, I'm the sorry. Joke. Dark Knight's the, the second one. Joker, yeah. yeah. That's the second of Dark the Christian two. Bale films. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Dark Knight is that trilogy's empire. So. Oh, yeah, man. You know, I saw that movie for the first time recently, believe it or not. And that that's movie doesn't... It, I'll tell you in a second, but that movie doesn't stop. It just simply pauses takes a breath and then zooms again. That's what that movie does. Okay. Very interesting. And the reason I I didn't see the movie, well, I I never saw the first Batman movie. I never saw the Michael Keaton one. Well, he's the clearly, well, you you don't have to see those to see the Batman, the, the, you know, the, uh, I guess I was disenfranchised, but I didn't see it because I didn't want to see it because everybody else was seeing it. And I wanted to be different. (laughs) I'll tell you what I think does look, 
to be a game changer is the new Robert Pattinson one, the Batman. Yes, the Batman. That one looks like it's going to be ridiculously solid. And from the test screening feedback that's been all over Twitter, it sounds like it's a very, very, very different type of Batman than we've ever seen. Yeah. And a lot of people (laughs) are just kind of uh, uh, predetermined on, uh, what's the word, prejudging Robert Pattinson based on his role. As well, they Edward shouldn't. Cullen. He's a fucking great actor. He's well, fantastic. Prejudging him based on his work on Twilight. Diamond shiny skin. I'll be fine. Yeah, but it, you know, it's funny. At this it. point, Twilight is what like nine years past us. You right. know, it's it's almost like it's like I guess like maybe in another year or two, it's almost a you know a non-starter issue because I mean that shit's like no longer in the zeitgeist by any means. Right. Yeah, you know. Right. And I was one for for one was you know I was a fan of Twilight so I, <laughs> I, I have to admit I I really enjoyed the film especially that last Breaking Dawn part two that final scene was crazy. Um, I would yeah. say unabashedly I have never seen any and I fully intend to go to, never, to fucking grave having never seen never them. seen a Twilight movie never I and I will die. I would make sure I die before I. <laughs> but if you're a fan of Robert Pattinson, why wouldn't you? Because that's just garbage writing. It's garbage <laughs> writing and it's garbage directing and it's garbage staging. Every little clip I've seen is garbage. Yeah, well, Sorry, Al. I know you like it, but <laughs> you know, I like plenty <laughs> of <laughs> shitty movies too. I'm just not going <laughs> to. Subversive cinema. It's like, it is. It's like I lo- you love the chef, but you're not eating that dish. Yeah, you know, not chefs don't always make the good. You know, well, it's like I like one of the ingredients on the plate is what I'd say, actually. Oh, OK. It's like the rest of the stuff. It's like, hey, you know, those Brussels sprouts are done pretty well. But the rest of the shit on there, I don't know about that. So. OK, well, that's an interesting analogy. Yeah. I can... And when you guys mentioned Andrew Garfield earlier, they just dropped the trailer for the new Netflix movie. Tick, tick, boom, which is about <laughs> uh, Andrew Garfield portraying Rent Creator, the Broadway play Rent. Jonathan Larson, um, oh. and uh, it's all about yeah, the kind of like a kind of like a biopic. I didn't know he was playing him. Interesting. Yes, he's playing uh, Jonathan Larson. Yeah, so um, it's a period piece. It takes place in the nineties. So uh, yeah, pretty cool trailer. Bradley Whitford, Vanessa Hudgens also starting the film. Um, Towson University's own Mike Flanagan. He's kind of like the the big name on Netflix right now. I mean, Midnight Mass is a big hit, and uh, apparently he's already um, ready for his next project on Netflix. Edgar Allan Poe. He's taking on Edgar Allan Poe. Poe. Um, it's but called. Did, the, he, he did not steal that script from uh, Stallone, did he? Because Stallone wrote an Edgar Allan Poe movie that never got made. I'm guessing 100% he did not steal that from Stallone. <laughs> but it's called The Fall of the House of Usher, based on Poe's 1839 short story about an isolated country manor full of secrets, death, and madness. Oh, geez. Um, another, another iteration of this story? Another iteration, but this time wow. by Mike Flanagan. Okay. I don't know, I don't university's know about, own. I don't know about you guys, but I never visited Poe's grave. I didn't do it. I kept forgetting he was there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Netflix, they're coming out with a lot of big movies. They have, um, they have a movie um, with Noah Hawley, Emmy winning storyteller starring Emmy nominee, Roger Jean page, who is the 
the stud from Bridgerton that a lot of women are going gaga over. Um, it seems like they can't give this kid a break. Even on award shows, they got people just like, you know, just gawking at him. And I'll tell you, man, if roles were reversed, I'm just saying, man. I mean, he, he, he takes a lot, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Go on, Al. Sounds like there's more to mind in this topic. I mean, think about it. Like, you compliment a girl, you know, you you don't want to get in trouble for it. You don't want to seem like you're, you know, but like, you know, they all the time Regé Jean Page is on, you know, they're like, and I can tell he looks a little awkward when they make comments about his looks or being a good looking guy. But I feel like if it was the other way around, if similar comments were made about a female actress in that same vein, it would be different. It would be seen as different. You know, I don't it's a little bit of a double standard, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. If you see if you see the comments, um, I think it was some of the it was the last it was the Emmy Awards. And I think I believe it was the presenters just just kind of making comments about about him. And uh, I don't know. I mean, they're complimentary at the end of the day. I just feel like if if the roles were reversed, it would have been a little different. You know, people. Nope. Unlike Ben's friend, I'll buy that. Okay. <laughs> good one. That was good. That was good. That's what we call a 35-minute callback. Yes. <laughs> we also have wow um, from Barack Obama's production company and shooting in Pittsburgh and Washington D.C. is Rustin. Um, it stars Coleman Domingo, Chris Rock, Glenn Turman, and Audra McDonald. It's an upcoming biopic about a gay civil rights activist, Baird Rustin, and the first narrative feature to be produced by Michelle and Barack Obama's production company. So uh, apparently the budget on this film is super huge, um, but it's, again, great. I mean, this is, I think, the most productions that's been in the DMV at a single time. I think we have like five major productions right now. That's is- very impressive, man. Very, very impressive. For DMV, I think it's very impressive, you know, and I'm also including Richmond as well. Wait, I don't know, because right. Richmond had a lot last year. So Richmond had like the Walking Dead, they had a, mm-hmm. a Swagger, dope, they Swagger, had Dope Sick. Sick. So, mm-hmm. so, oh, uh, what was that other one? Good Lord Bird. Good Lord Bird, yeah. Yeah, quite, quite, a, quite a bunch, actually. And they got that big one uh, coming up with uh, Ethan Hawke and Ewan McGregor. Did you hear about that particular project? Is it the Grave Digger? That's right, the Grave Diggers. Yeah, so it's another big project uh, coming down the pike there in Richmond. Um, also on Netflix, we also have a movie, uh, an adaptation of the novel of Catherine Center with Ellie Kemper, Luke Grimes, Nico Santos. Um, basically, it's a romantic comedy about a woman who trouble, uh, who's having trouble bouncing back from a divorce, joins a wilderness survival course. Okay. Um, and, and, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also Netflix, uh, they really love those romantic comedies. Uh, they have one called Your Place or Mine, starring Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. I really feel like uh, it seems like the majority of these big movies, especially like the, um, the romantic comedies are not really getting a theater run anymore they're going straight to streaming um makes it easier to be close to someone in private that way yeah for sure well, see, i don't i don't even know if that's the case al because don't most of them go to the hallmark channel uh, <laughs> yeah yeah the hallmark channel gets a lot of the holiday films too um but um those romantic comedies man they, they, they yeah they love them too i mean everyone on netflix is actually talking about squid games 
Um, oh, hell anyone, yeah, man. Uh, what oh, hello. Can, hello. I actually posted a, a funny joke. Uh, the only skin uh, squid game I know about is the Plato Calamari. Yeah. I, I saw that. A lot of, I got a lot of laughs about it. I have yet to watch it. I watched the trailer. It's pretty um, solid, man. Do I It'll watch? Keep you guessing. So I, do I watch with the Korean with the English subtitles, or do I watch with the English dub? Which one do I you watch? Know, I mean, if you want to see and hear the intention of the original performance, sure, watch it with English subtitles. But when my wife and I turned it on, it was just automatically start playing with the English dub because I know Netflix is like doing crazy amounts of dubbing for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, it just started that way, and I didn't even bother changing it. And I got used to it because they're pretty good with you know the the you know the lip matching and everything. I mean, and uh, but some of the voices are certainly going to be interesting. <laughs> you know choices um, yeah but you know it, i just I mean, I feel it, like for it, something really, like that there's a lot going on it's easier to see everything that's happening just hearing it you know yeah uh, the number one trend like show is it wait say it again uh big paul it's not like the godzilla english dub is it where like no somebody no. says something and then three minutes later that their mouth moves i mean no no netflix is very very particular about this they uh they really vet their um their vendors uh, for uh, English dubbing. So uh, you got to make okay. sure that for them to get a Netflix contract, they got to be on point. Okay. So yeah, they match it up pretty darn well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. The number one trending uh, show on Netflix right now, they're even Netflix is even, um, they have merchandise actually for squid game, t-shirts and custom customizable hoodies. Um, which represent the three different guard ranks in Squid Game. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so, and apparently uh, the the um, the Squid Game Halloween costumes are, are really hot right now. So, I figured I figured that would happen. We'll yeah. just have to see how that is. So that's Netflix, guys. Yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, we're gonna welcome on below the belt show our special guest of the evening. Wow, she does it all. She's an actress. She's a singer. She's a producer. She's a voiceover actress. Um, Judy Beecher here on BTB. Hey, Judy. Hi. <laughs> Good to have you on Below the Belt Show. Good to be here. Now, um, we, we checked out the trailer of Tango Shalom. Loved it. I, I was, you know, I, I was like LOLing, literally <laughs> laughing out loud watching a trailer. Usually you have to watch the film to just immerse yourself in all the laughter. But your trailer just really it hit the high notes on the comedy ranks for me, <laughs> for sure. So congratulations on that. I, I, I think this is a great, what a great concept. I actually, I actually asked Benjamin Cheyenne, our, the resident Jew, uh, to kind of uh, join us here on Below the Belt Show because of <laughs> the nature of the film. So I thought that was kind of, he can kind of talk to us about, there's actually a certain term about Orthodox Jews not being able to touch women, right, Ben? What is it called? Yes. It's called Shomer Nagia. Shomer Nagia? No. <laughs> Shomer Nagia. Shomer Nagia. Shomer Nagia. Actually, I, I mean, unless you're married to them. You can't touch them unless you're married to them. And yeah. that includes me shaking a hand with my, my, my Jewish friend's mom. I can't even do that. Wow. That's yeah. wild. And you took this concept, which I think is... is pretty interesting because a lot of people are you know that, that are not familiar with the the orthodox jewish faith might not even be aware of some of these um tell us about the inspiration uh uh with this film 
if you could. So the film, um, so Joe Slaniato, who plays my husband, he's the rabbi who gets mm-hmm. this vision. He, uh, he goes to the Chabad house with his brother, Claudio. They, the two of them wrote this film together. And awesome. uh, Joe, Joe dances the tango. And he came in one day and he said, gosh, what would happen if a rabbi all of a sudden, you know, had a message from God that in order to like that, that he had to dance the tango. Like, what would he do? <laughs> he can't touch a woman and it's a sensual dance. What would he do? Right. You know, so that's the premise of the, of the movie is that, uh, you know, he's having financial problems. He doesn't know what to do. He's going to lose his Hebrew school. And then in a dream, you know, he gets this vision that he think, you know, from God in the dream saying that he has to enter a televised dance competition in order to resolve his financial issues, <laughs> you know, but. Wow. Wow. And there's no. And, and it has to be on a Saturday night. Saturday night, right. That's, that's the, the, the religious day, right? You know, so he has, he goes to all the other religions. He goes to first his own religion to, okay. to figure out what to do, but then. He, he's, he just doesn't know what to do. So he goes to ask advice from all the other religions on what they would do, the leaders of these other religions. Wow. So I think a lot of people from different faiths, whether you're Catholic, Hin, Hindu, any religion that you believe in, um, can kind of come, you know, enjoy this film and, and uh, relate, uh, relate to it, right? Yeah, that's the beauty of it is that yeah. it's interfaith dialogue and bringing people together it's not a jewish movie for jews it's not it's about it's for everyone you know because it's about bringing people we're all the same you know we all look the same we all right we we all all don't look the same but we all you know we're humans that you know we love our families we love our kids we have the same you know and, and and you know most of us believe in God, even though we choose to name it differently. But it's it really shows that you know we are all we're all one, and we should like work as a family and help each other. So that's that's kind of the 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 message of the film. So, I love it. I love it. So not only are you uh, in the cast. You are the the lead's wife, but you're also a producer in the film. I am. Uh, tell us a little bit how both um, aspects, uh, you know, wearing both hats, worked on on the film for you. Um, well, originally, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, 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 I found out about the film idea. I was invited as an actress to read for one of the parts okay. early on. And I just loved it so much, and I believed in it so much. I was like, right. I just really wanted to help them. And as one, I was already doing producing stuff, and I had a bunch of projects, and I just, you know, said, sure, I'll, you know, I'm going to Cannes. I'll talk about the project with nice. my other stuff. And the, you know, they called me. And they're like, can you get us this much money? We were about to start shooting, like <laughs> two weeks out from shooting, and they're like, we need some more money. I was like, <laughs> And I just happened to have talked to an investor um, who loved all my projects. And so I put the money into that project because it was happening in two weeks. And and that's how I became a producer on the film. Ah, and then cool. I not stopped. I've been doing like. Now, I've, were you were you cast in your role before you produced or were you cast after the big? You no, know, well, I was already I already had a part um, okay. in the 
already had a part in the film. And then um, I, and then I auditioned for a different part in the film, which the part that I'm in right now, I was, I was like offered a part in the film. And then I auditioned for this part okay. I was offered the role of um, the brother's future wife to be, which which was a very, which was a part, which was just me. She was uh -huh. like a, a reformed Jew who just, you know, pretty reformed Jew who, you know, was getting married and mm -hmm. it was fine, but I really wanted a, something that was going to be more meaty and that was going to really challenge me. And that's why I, you know, I really, I begged them to let me audition for the role of Rachel because even at the first reading of it, when I wasn't reading that part, I, I, I just felt so close. I said, I don't know. I could do that part so well. Like okay. I could do that part without even, I could do that part. And that was, you know, 10 years ago. That <laughs> was like at the very first. Oh, so when they opened up the part to, um, unknowns to be able to read for it then I said you gotta let me audition come on I know I already have a part in this but let wow. me do this and so um yeah I had three very tough auditions and uh <laughs> it was a journey it was a journey getting there but yeah that sounds like a journey you said 10 years so 10 years ago is when the very first reading of the movie was. Wow. And, and audiences are just able to see this now in limited theory release and then VOD at the end of the month. Yes, yes, exactly. Wow. Yes. So, it, it, and they started shooting six years ago. So the, it, it was 10 years and then they started shooting six years ago. Um, and there was a lot, they had a lot of challenges during the making of it. Um, right. Joe he passed away. You know, Joe Bologna was one of the co-writers oh. of the film. And, yeah, and he played Father Anthony in the film. Um, and then, so he passed away. He, he made it through the end of it, and he saw one of the rough cuts of the film. And the, so Renee Taylor and Joe Bologna are married, were married. Uh, Gay Bologna, the director, is their son. And so we just, you know, it was COVID and then he passed away. Yeah. It was like all these things. We had to raise more money, you know, to, to, to do it the way we wanted to do it. To finish post-production and all yeah. that good stuff, right? Yeah. Beautiful soundtrack that we have. We have an incredible soundtrack. Zizi Bologna did the music, the Gabe's wife, and she's, you know, Grammy Award winning. And, um, Massimo Zeri, who's like worked with Fellini. Uh, he is a cinematographer, so we've been winning a bunch of awards for cinematography as well as best movie. As well. So it's, yeah. It's, that, is, it's, that is awesome. You also have uh, in the cast Karina Smirnoff. Mm -hmm. uh, she's been a, a mainstay on Dancing with the Stars. And of course, if you're doing a tango movie, look no further than uh, Karina Smirnoff. Now, I guess uh, I've seen a lot of Karina on Dancing with the Stars, but how did she translate from the, the ballroom to acting in a feature? Um, so, she, so, I mean, she did a great job and, uh, it was her first movie, uh, as a, as an actress. Um, she wow. was 10 seasons on dancing with the stars wow. and, um, and actually Jordi Cavaliero, who was the choreographer on dancing with the stars, he choreographed our film 
and he he's also an actor, so he played Karina's ex-boyfriend that she she competes against. So he was in the movie as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was fun, and she was so much fun to work with. Also, you know, wow. she was a little nervous. It was her first film. Her yeah. first film. I I mean, from based on the trailer, I mean, I, I cannot wait to see this film. By the way, I'm I, I, again, if you made me laugh that hard on a trailer, <laughs> imagine what the entire film is gonna do. I just I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Um, Lainey Kazan and and um, Renee Taylor, you know, they, they they were working together as like the the competing grandmothers, <laughs> and they're so funny. They, I mean, they've known each other also for years and years. They, the the uh, competing bubbies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. That that's right here, Ben. You know the terminology. <laughs> well, bubbies are grandmoms and zadies are grandpas. Nice. That's Very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Judy, did you have to kind of familiarize yourself with a lot of the rules of the Orthodox Jews? I did. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm Jewish, but I'm reformed Jewish. So it's not, it's not how I grew up at all. I'm, okay. My parents <laughs> believe in God and I do, but they, you know, they were, my mother's a Holocaust survivor. And, and, oh, wow. Uh, oh, man. So a lot of Holocaust survivors stopped believing in God because of the Holocaust. And, um, oh, wow. In our family, my grandfather was a cantor in Germany, and he always led services when I was a kid. You know, he would lead the, we, we always did all the family things, so I know the prayers, and I know that I went to school, and um, and I lived with a with a Hasidic family, actually, when I was a kid. Uh, for a weekend, I went to just see what it was like to be with a Hasidic mm. family. Um, but I went to Williamsburg, and I went to, um, to, Heights. I spoke with a lot of women, Hasidic women, um, and asked them questions about, you know, the rules and the traditions and what it was like to be married, and what it was, um, you know, to be with your husband. And I, you know, I said, is it true about that sheet thing? Yes, I wanted to ask about the sheet. Ben, you're you're familiar with the sheet, right? Yeah, not that you've used it before, Ben, but <laughs> you're the one that initially told me about this sheet. How, how many, Was what percentage it? of Orthodox Jewish men and, and women actually use that intimacy sheet? No, they said it wasn't true. What about what do you? So they're saying it's not true, and it's, it's that, not that's not true. It's just an urban legend. It's an urban legend. Yeah. yeah. Because the thing is that they say a man and woman can't touch, so that they put a hole in the sheet. But they, I, I <laughs> if they're married, of course they. I was can. gonna say, but that's still technically touching, so it really yeah. doesn't count. So yeah. Yeah, some other things are touching. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know that it's absolute bupkis. So. I mean, think about it, guys. All the children Jew, Orthodox Jewish families have. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well there's, I, there's a lot of touching happening, yes, for sure. Yeah, the, the, the sheet still allows for, you know, uh, for, you know, for making babies. I mean, <laughs> procreate. <laughs> just, no, they they spend their vast fortunes on the stork. <laughs> oh, okay, the stork. Okay. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, some Orthodox or some Hasidic, I, I realize um, Jews, there's a scene there's a scene, a wedding scene, where people dance or dancing together, um, and they don't like that that they're dancing together. But 
what that really is, is that it's a reform wedding. He's marrying a reform girl. So it's a reform wedding. It's not a Hasidic wedding. He's she, he's marrying outside of, you know, mm. he's he's Hasidic, but she's not. And she, uh. you know, it's, a, it's a, yeah. Interesting. Gotten one bad review because of that, of the touching, you know, of the... <laughs> So I guess their baby would be conservative. <laughs> right. The baby would be conservative. Yeah. Orthodox and reform. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Judy, if we could talk about some of your past work, because you've you've had a, a look at your IMDb. You've worked on so many great television shows and films. Um, the Shield. Once and again, Jag and Law and Order. And I, I heard that Law and Order is actually getting another additional season. After what twenty some years, I think uh, they're bringing Law and Order back. Um, what of your particular television shows have been the most memorable for you? Well, I just I just recently did a show which was the most fun <laughs> in France. It's called uh, La Garçon. It hasn't come out here yet. It's oh, cool. Boyish. It came out in France on France Television called Boyish, um, and I played a. I was a regular on it, and I played um, like a Marlena Dietrich kind of character. Okay. It took place in, it's the opposite of what I'm playing now, but it's like, it took place in uh, uh, 1919. And oh, wow. uh, so I was like a, a kind of an avant garde, you know, um, American woman there in Paris. It, it was shot in Paris. Oh, it was a year his grandfather's book. Um, who, um, she, you know, she was bisexual and she threw these extravagant parties. It was the 20, you know, the, the right before the roaring twenties. So crazy, you know, and she, uh, so it was a very fun series kind of revolved around my, my um, incredible home on the Champs-Elysees. So it was, that was so much fun to do that, that series. Yeah. It seems like a lot of stuff you, you've been do, doing is, has been in France or in the French realm. Um, you produced and starred in a romantic comedy only in Paris. Um, this was in 2011. So uh, uh, um, just the wild guess. You're fluent in French, yes? <laughs> I, I love France so yes. much. So anything having to do with France is – I love it. So, yeah, I, I – have, right have you auditioned for Emily in Paris? I didn't, though. I should. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It should have been called Judy in Paris. Like I should have written <laughs> Judy in Paris. That it should have been your show, right? Should have been. My friends kept telling me to write it, and then they got to this before me. And they go, well, look at that! Well, wow. As about Frank file, you should totally do that. So. Yeah, I, should. <laughs> I will. I'm. I'm. There's one coming. There's one coming. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about a little bit about Heavy Rain because. Uh, Heavy Rain, you did the the voiceover work. I was curious, did you also do the motion capture? Yeah. Now, how did the shower scenes and nude scene work? <laughs> well, I'm yeah. very curious about that. So I I did the facial motion capture for Madison Page, uh, and the voice. So the shower, the body stuff, I didn't you know I didn't do the shower stuff, but I did the facial. Anytime there was any dialogue. You know, I did all of the um, the facial stuff with the dialogue. 
So I can't answer about the shower scene. <laughs> I was like, I asked if they're, they're your boobs or not. <laughs> but they were love scenes, though, right? Yeah, they're love scenes. They're shower scenes. The the uh, striptease with the lamp. Yeah, I had to. I, I had to. It was very interesting because, like, when you're actually doing that, I, you know, I was working alone. You, you work alone when you're doing. The, the motion capture and the voice, you're in this like room with cameras everywhere. Wow. You have all the captors all over. And so you can't look down. You can't look down because, you know, your character's not going to be looking down, reading something, reading the lines, you know, so everything's memorized. Your whole, you know, like thousands of pages of dialogue. Because oh, I don't know. Play, have you played Heavy Rain? Do you, did you play the game? I have not yet, but I've looked at some clips on YouTube. Um, so I know, the, yeah, but it's it's yeah, mature audiences only. <laughs> Very stressed and nudity. It was like a movie. It was like a twenty-hour movie, and yeah. every scene had a different ending. So you could, I mean, you had five different en- scenes. I'm sorry, five different endings for every scene. So it could be. You know, I could lie to you. I could tell the truth. I could tell you I love you. I could, you know, so you don't know. And the so the player would be cho- choosing, you know, how they want the scene to go. We were just talking about how it's like Choose Your Own Adventure, the, the, the series of children's books where you kind of flip to the other page based on your decisions. On, on, on And it's the same exact thing with Heavy Rain, it seems. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the same thing. And and. So that's what made it even more challenging to 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 work as an actress to do it because you had to memorize five different endings for every single scene and you're acting by yourself. You're in this room acting by yourself like a play. Wow. And you have the director's over there saying, "Okay, uh, he's giving me the lines and I'm acting to like no oh, one wow. else." And love scenes you're making out with no one. The <laughs> 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 kind of like what you do, man, right? <laughs> hey, weird thing ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, Judy, compared to um, working on a film, uh, we know that on film work things can get cut. What was your experience working on a video game of that scope? Where did you find that everything was done as was planned, or was there? Did they bring you back for, I guess, reshoots or re-recording, or did they end up cutting a bunch of stuff? How did that work? No, they did. They went through it like one after another, after another, after another, after another. <laughs> so it was like a, uh, yeah, they just it was a long process. And then afterwards, wow. you know, they sync it with the body and the thing. That's so cool. Well, so yeah, I was watching the body, you know, like I just did it, and then they used my voice and sunk it into the body. Wow. I'm sure a lot of uh, men have enjoyed your video game in different ways. <laughs> Man. I mean, it's... Okay, I pump the brakes, buddy. Back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's below the belt show, Judy. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have anything upcoming in the voiceover or video game world? I have a few projects that are that I'm involved with that we're waiting on the go. The, okay. Yeah, the go-ahead on um, some animated. Sweet. Well, yeah. I can't wait uh, for you to talk about that in the future. But in the meantime, 
we can check out this amazing film, Tango Shalom, yes. uh, which is in select theaters now, correct? And then available in on video on demand. What platforms can we see? It's going to be on almost all the platforms, but it's going to be um, starting with uh, October 29th. It'll be um, yeah, video on demand, um, like you know, Comcast, Spectrum, those kind of like the services, and then it'll go on to later on. It'll be on streaming. But starting October 29th, it'll be on. Fantastic. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the tie into Big Fat Greek Wedding because it, it's credited as has, having the maker of uh, Big Fat Greek Wedding. Does it have that feel uh, for the Big you know, yeah, Fat Greek Wedding? Uh, yeah. yeah. It, ha- it totally has a My Big Fat Greek Wedding feel to it. And it's um, Joel Zwick directed My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Um, and he's one of the producers on our film. Sweet. He, of course, was in it too. She's about yeah. to. She's a, she's about to shoot the third uh, my big fat Greek wedding three, which is coming out. All right. Oh, wow. This is the third the third one's coming out. That's great. Yeah. I heard does about that, that. that. Three of them. Uh, that, does that mean they had three big fat Greek divorces too? Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if a divorce is glorified as a wedding. <laughs> Unless it was a really bad marriage. <laughs> well, Judy, wow, thank you so much. This is exciting. This is a lot of fun. Um, Judy Beecher, ladies and gentlemen, you're on Below the Belt Show. Judy, before we let you go, if you could do a little promo, let us know who you are, throw out a plug for Tago Shalom, whatever you'd like, and then let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Okay. And also, I wanted to, so I'm, I'm Judy Beecher. <laughs> um, I am on the Below the Belt Show. Uh, I'm an actress. I'm a singer-songwriter, which I also have a song, which is a music video coming out this month called um, Paris Oulala. It's about Paris, of course. Um, and um, director, producer, um, actress. I'm I'm in um, the movie, which is in theaters right now and is coming out on uh, VOD on the 29th of October, uh, called Tango Shalom. And um, which is you have to go see. It's hysterical <laughs> um, uh, about a Hasidic rabbi who is um, who is trying to resolve his financial problems, and God tells him to to do that by entering a televised dance competition to resolve his financial problems. And he has to go to all the other religion the religions to ask for help because he can't touch a woman who's not his wife in the orthodox judaism um and uh we just actually won uh best film uh for peace and tolerance at the Cannes film festival it was the artisan film whoa artisan oh, film wow. awards for that's huge tolerance during camp yeah. it wasn't at camp it was during camp yes so it is huge wow and, and unesco also has just uh endorsed us as well um, and we have a whole list of different like organizations and that are just really, really that have given us huge, huge endorsements and want everybody to see this film. Um, so yeah, and uh, yeah, I have a documentary coming out as well, which we're, I'm in the middle of that. Uh, um, so be on the lookout for that as well. That's not done yet. It's called Run Renya: The Kindness of Strangers. Wow. And you can, you can find me also on social media. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, actress uh, Judy Beecher official, 
Um, I have a fan, uh, Facebook fan page, uh, and I'm on Twitter. I'm new on Twitter, but I'm trying to get that going. <laughs> I'm also new on uh, TikTok. I have like wow. Okay. Three videos on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you can check me out on IMDb also. My my filmog my complete filmography on IMDb. Oh yeah, we checked it out. Wow, so many awesome credits, Judy. You had such an amazing career, and uh, congratulations on on everything you've done, and of course in Tango Shalom and. Um, seems like we just touched mostly on the acting, but next time we have you back, let's focus a little more on the singing too, because, um, we kind of just talked all about the acting stuff, but, uh, yeah, that is tremendous. Um, and thank you so much for, uh, joining us here on Below the Belt Show. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. You guys are great. <laughs> right. Have well, a good night. Thank Take you. Good. Thank you. you Bye-bye. Bye. Shalom. 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 <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> All right, guys. That's Judy Beecher on BTV. That was a incredible interview here on BTV. Um, and I think this is a good time to take a classic cut break. Yeah, why not? Right. Um, so I thought for the classic cut break, we should um, kind of honor everything uh, that is um, Lahayam, and in this case, the band Hayam, which is three. Sisters from Los Angeles. Um, they're an American pop rock band. Um, they're actually going to be headlining the All, the All Things Go Festival, which upcoming in the DMV area is at the Meriwether Post Pavilion coming up, guys. Um, and uh, I decided to pick one of their hit songs for the Cool Cut, and this one's called uh, The Steps. The steps here on Below the Belt Show. So uh, um, we'll be back uh, right after the classic cut, guys. All right, that was Hayim, which means life in Hebrew, guys. Um, that was, it's more of a cool cut. Uh, yeah, Chachi usually throws out, throws out the classic cuts. This one's a little more contemporary. And again, for you DMV listeners, All Things Go Festival. Um, and that's uh, in Columbia, Maryland, uh, on Saturday, October 16th. Hayim, along with St. Vincent, Charlie XCX, and a bunch of uh, female-led musical acts in this uh festival um so check it out um but yeah that was a cool classic cut the steps and uh wow it was a great show uh so far we're just uh kind of just uh just dipping into entertainment but uh, a lot more cool stuff going on in the world of entertainment uh we just finished netflix stuff but over on disney plus which i think art hall knows something about disney plus maybe i don't know <laughs> i don't know nothing about it <laughs> uh that um black widow will be available to all disney plus subscribers um beginning wednesday guys so that's kind of exciting news for those of you that um didn't want to brave the theaters for the first mcu movie post pandemic 
it's going to be available for free or is it just going to be there for it's going to no it's going to be a part of all subscribers with no premium edition well then in that case i'll watch it because i didn't feel like paying for it (laughs) right exactly and it's great to hear that scarlett johansson and disney have squashed their beef did they, very, beef or did they just settle that issue because they settled a breach of contract basically so now i want to know is she ever going to work in another disney project well her quote was i am happy to have resolved our differences with disney i'm incredibly proud of the work we've done together over the years and have greatly enjoyed my creative relationship with the team i look forward to continuing our collaboration in years to come yeah yeah but they, they cancel sounds sort of already? nebulous yeah, a little nebulous, but you know, it was a very public, uh, uh, heated, um, you know, lawsuit yeah, I thought, between both I parties. Thought, I thought that movie got canceled already. Black Widow got canceled? No, she had another movie. Disney was going to have her. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. No, 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 yeah, right. You're right. Like that. So, I thought they already canceled that because. Well, uh, now that they squashed their beef. Um, looks like um, she was going to be a part of the upcoming Disney's Tower of Terror. Yes. So they've been able to come to a mutual agreement with Scarlett regarding Black Widow. We appreciate her contributions and look forward to working together on a number of upcoming projects, including Tower of Terror. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So she's, everything's good. Everything's good in the world in, in Scarlett and Disneyland. Um uh wow so that's hbo max uh sorry that's that's disney plus and onto hbo max um we just saw the first teaser trailer of house of the dragon wow guys who are the game of thrones fans in the room yeah i mean uh, i liked it I mean, yeah. they, they kind of ended on a little, i liked it last season yeah everyone says everybody says season. the same thing I mean, yeah, I it was great except for the last season. Yeah, also it was great except for the ending. I thought the season itself was good. It's just the ending was very. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. House of the Dragon takes place 200 years before Game of Thrones. Events of Game of Thrones tells the story of the House of House Targaryen, the Targaryen Civil War, that became known as the Dance of the Dragons. So it's a 10 episode um, series that we have mm. mentioned on the show. But we did see a really cool teaser trailer, guys. Um, <laughs> we saw Matt Smith. Um, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, he's, he's been in quite a lot. And um, yeah, Ryan Core, Jefferson Hall, um, Matthew Needham, Bill Patterson, Gavin Spokes, Patty Constantine, Olivia Cook, Emma D'Arcy, Steve Tassant, Rice Einfins, and Fabio Frankel. Um, so the only one real names, I'm, uh, I mean, Olivia Cook, um, Matt Smith, obviously, Rice Ivins, but I'm not I'm not really familiar with that many of the other names that have joined the cast. But that's the thing about well, Game of Thrones. They had a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily, I mean, because there's a lot of English actors or European actors that have made it big in the States. And that's the thing. Game of Thrones, they didn't really need those huge names. I mean, I know that. um Ned Stark, you know, he's a huge name. The actor that played Ned Stark. Um, Sean yeah, Bean? Dies in Thank you, Sean Bean. Yeah, but Sean Bean dies in everything he's in. It's true. Is that, is it's that also a spoiler. The running gag, yes. Yeah. 
They also have a new trailer for uh, James Gunn's um, Suicide Squad um, series, which is a spinoff of the series called Peacemaker, which is John Cena's title hero. Um, really, they're really pushing the, the the comedy aspect of that series, which kind of just showed um, John Cena's character of Peacemaker in a diner with the rest of the cast. Um, arrives in costume or uniform as he calls it and he's got a pet bald eagle um (laughs) (laughs) so i think it's kind of cool um yeah but wasn't john cena like the villain of the movie kind of um the thing is that it was a not really i mean he wouldn't see himself as a villain he saw himself as a guy who's doing what he needs to to protect his country um it's just that they were at odds as to what purpose was um but i could see why they're doing comedic because you know shit he's <laughs> he was actually pretty funny <laughs> yeah paul we were talking about how how some wrestlers have translated to the silver screen or the small screen in a great way and uh yeah you know, can't beat uh, roddy piper from back in uh they live right roddy piper was a little underrated because <laughs> you only had like one popular movie but John Cena's come a long way. Blockers, he was hysterical. Suicide Squad, and then the upcoming um, Peacemaker series. I think he's just, yeah, he's he's really well on his way to maybe even getting up to Dwayne the Rock Johnson level. You know? Um, so we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been doing a lot of stuff. He's really strong in comedy. That's really his thing. I mean, he was wonderful in Blockers. Wasn't he good in um, Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's, got some, he's got some good stuff. He does. Uh, over on Showtime, if you're a fan of Billions, uh, Damian Lewis is done after uh, the fifth season. Uh, they just aired its season five finale, and season six will premiere in January. And they just released the trailer already, so they're kind of like doing the both uh, seasons in tandem. It seems like, um, but you know, he had a long run. You know, he was uh, he was on the first five seasons, so that's kind of you know, a long run for for someone, you know, to be the series lead on it. But Corey Stoll is kind of be like he'll be like the main lead now of Billions. Um, so uh, yeah, I I never got into Billions. Did anyone ever get into Billions? Never really. Uh, I've always wanted to to audition for it. <laughs> I actually have a friend that uh, I can't say his name. Um, well, you know, I have a friend that books the Outsiders. I saw him on set quite a few times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very nice, yeah. Uh, let's see. We also have new stuff on Hulu. Uh, there's a true crime series about Candy Montgomery with Jessica Biel now attached to Star. So originally Elizabeth Moss was attached to play the lead role, but due to conflicts, scheduling conflicts mostly, Jessica Biel is in and Elizabeth Moss is out. And uh, Sterling K. Brown has a new series on Hulu. Uh, it's called Washington Black, based on the best-selling novel called Washington Black. And it uh, basically follows the adventures of George Washington Black, an 11-year-old boy on a 19th-century Barbados sugar plantation. After a shocking death threatens to upend his life, he flees the plantation to travel the world, finding adventure and love along the way. So, um mm. Yeah, sounds pretty fun. Um, 
And over on Apple, there was a big bidding war for John Watts' untitled thriller film starring George Clooney and Brad Pitt. I mean, you're pretty much two of the most bankable actors in Hollywood where John Watts will write, direct, and produce uh, this thriller. Um, the plot's um, under wraps, but it's interesting. Someone mentioned um, uh, the director of Amazing Spider-Man, and I think, yeah, he was... Uh, he was actually the Spider-Man Homecoming director, John Watts. So, um, interestingly enough, um, that's going to be a huge film, my gosh. <laughs> but if you're a fan well, what is of... The, what is yes. the cost of a film like that? Because, I mean, could you imagine the salaries in those two? I know, for an Apple TV movie, right? Yeah. You know, and, and I think but I think Apple TV is desperate. They have deep, deep pockets, but yeah. not very many subscribers. Yeah, yeah. I, I they said like if you just you know pay five dollars a month you could have this. I'm just like you know what? No, <laughs> it's it's the, it's one of the lowest costing streaming services. You would think you know, we, you know people would want to jump on you know more people would want to jump and subscribe to it. But uh, I don't know. But Apple TV is actually canceling one of their shows called Mr. Corman, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm. Um, it's about a fifth grade teacher and former musician working in the San Fernando Valley. That didn't really sound too exciting, actually. <laughs> I guess it doesn't surprise me that it's not getting a second season. It's like, Al, right. it's like, Al, where's the twist? You need to give me a <laughs> twist and you didn't give me a twist. So right. No, that's not exciting. I mean, yeah, it's certainly a very lackluster uh, synopsis. Oh, wait. The twist is on Servant, which is the M. Night show, because you know there's always a twist on it, everything well, M. Night. That's for that show. Right, that show, that show didn't get canceled. Description. <laughs> yeah. Servant is alive and well uh, for a third season coming up. So, um, All right. Let's talk a little bit about Walking Dead. This is episode eight. So this is the uh, final episode of part one. So final season of The Walking Dead is in three parts, uh, divided in eight episodes each. And, we, <laughs> and for AMC Plus subscribers... We saw, wow, a crazy episode. Big Paul, uh, did you get a chance to check it out? Yeah, I thought it was pretty decent. I mean, what what did you think? I, you know what, I was, I was, you know, we haven't had a hero death in a long time. It's all, it's all about a little yeah. spoiled territory, but we see antagonist deaths in this um, eighth episode. I, I, yeah, I'm ready for you know, show us about the end. Let, let's get let's get some WTF moments that we felt when Glenn got his head bashed in. You know, I, I'm sure that's coming up, guys, no doubt. But um, the yeah, but leader, the, we already know Daryl Carol are both going to live because they have a well, true. So I like was that thinking, kind of, yeah, I was thinking maybe Elijah. I was thinking yeah. maybe Alden, but all we haven't seen Alden since he disappeared into um, that. Uh, you know that that isolated house somewhere. Yeah, you're right. Um, but it was pretty clever. They they brought back the whispers technique of wearing the dead's faces on their, you know, to mask among the horde of walkers. Talking enti- took an entire horde of walkers into the Reapers compound, which is called Meridian. And uh, yeah, just a lot of like um, war and chaos took place. Um, a lot of uh, drama between Leah and Daryl. Of course, this is Daryl's first love interest in The Walking Dead. We haven't seen that yet. And, you know, they kind of had a weird relationship um, since they reunited, right? Yeah, I thought Carol and uh, what's her name? Uh, Beth. I thought they were both his love interests. 
No, they, they, they see Beth was more like a younger sister, and Carol was like a best friend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and this is this this is a reaction coming for a former Walking Dead fan in Art Hall. Okay. But, uh, but you know, but the Pope is gone, guys. The Pope, um, which was crazy that Leah killed the Pope, but blamed it on Daryl. So now it's crazy because she sided with Daryl. And then she had a complete like just heel, heel turn, right? Like she became face. Then she yep. went heel, and then said, "Well, I got to protect the rest of my guys." But it, you, she killed the Pope. It was so weird. I, I wasn't really getting that that flip flopping going on, Paul. You know? Well, see, Why Vince McMahon she... became a guest writer on this episode, so that's that's what happened. I see. But I mean, it, it was a lot of that, and it was a lot of also. Alexandria being attacked by a group of walkers and showing how how powerful um they they you know they they're willing they're 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 able to protect themselves the the Judith Gracie the the children of the walking dead in uh the Alexandria compound Rosita kicking ass taking out a whole bunch of walkers in that episode um and uh yeah it was uh, it was good to see that aspect as well um but of course, there was a cliffhanger, huge cliffhanger. That crazy weapon. Uh, wh- what was that weapon, Paul? How would you describe it? It was just a a board full of explosive arrows or something. I yeah, don't know. Strange. I, I don't know how to. Dis- I don't you know how to describe it. But that would they they cut the episode on a major cliffhanger. Those arrows or whatever they were were on their way. I believe towards Negan and Elijah, right? Uh, that's my guess. Yeah, I would, I would assume that. Yeah. Okay. Well. But uh, yeah, I mean, now we have to wait till February, I believe, February of 2022 for episode nine of see, The Walking see, that's Dead. What's bad about Walking Dead? They do that all the time, and it gets annoying. <laughs> you have to wait so long to see like the end of a story. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think I think they shouldn't end on cliffhangers anymore because we are already waiting several months. Yeah, and they did this for the Glenn they, under the dumpster scene, right? Which well, Art, I, I know you're watching. Then were you yeah. really upset about that dumpster scene? The Glenn oh yeah, scene? I've I've rallied about that bullshit for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> that was it was it was the cheapest thing they could have done. Um, it would have been braver if that was the end, but no, he somehow. I actually was just bitching about this. I don't know. Was was it with you? Was it on? That was disappointing. Was I was probably, just writing about it. Yeah, I was just curious. Like, when, when recent? I don't know if you and, mentioned on the show yeah, before. When did you search. check? When did you check out of The Walking Dead? Uh, I was funny. I was actually just looking at IMDb just to get a frame of reference, and it was around yeah. February of 2017. Now was it shortly after Negan and, and Abraham's death uh, at the hand of Negan? No, it was uh, like it was that season, like five episodes later or whatever, when they meet the trash people, and I threw my hands in the air and said, "I'm done." It was the trash people in Jadis, which yeah, ironically she's actually returning on Walking Dead: World Beyond to tie into the whole. Hopefully, get some answers on where Rick Grimes is because we don't know. So I'll just wait for the movies. I'm sure that's where you wait for the, the Rick Grimes movies, right? <laughs> very nice if they ever come out <laughs> if they ever come out exactly 
Over on FX, now we heard the opening promo. Uh, we had Hiro Kanagawa, who was actually an Alter Carbon. He was promoting the first season of that show when we had him on Below the Belt Show. But he's going to be in the cast of James Clavell's Shogun series, uh, previously adapted for the 1980 miniseries starring Richard Chamberlain, which is uh, the story of uh, mostly through the eyes of, of his character, an English sailor named John Blackthorne. Um, and this um, this new take on Shogun will explore a whole lot of point of view that was omitted from the original series because they, at the time, didn't think that American audiences would want to see the story from a Japanese point of view. So this is kind of a changing of the times. We're going to see Shogun on FX, so that's pretty cool. Um, is anyone happy to see Saturday Night Live back? Um, Where did it go? <laughs> well, it, it was gone for the summer. Just get the yeah, season premiere. It, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, got, they take a break. I mean, but uh, yeah. they finally got a decent actor to portray Joe Biden, because after Jim Carrey left, they got you know one of their regular guys to do it, and it just it wasn't working. But this guy James Austin Johnson, who's a new actor, uh, new new cast member of uh, Saturday Night Live. He actually did a decent job with uh, impersonating uh, the President of the United States, which is pretty pretty good. And that's, this was hosted by Owen Wilson, and Casey Musgraves was the musical guest. And interesting enough, uh, Casey Musgraves, I don't know if this is for ratings or a statement or what, but she performed one of her songs completely nude. And yeah, she, she pulled wore, a Jenny from Forrest Gump. She she didn't she wore nothing but her guitar and her boots, and they didn't really pay attention. Like like if you were just kind of looking at the music and seeing her face, and you saw maybe the strap could have been like a, a shirt or or whatever. You, you it kind of sometimes you just had to kind of know she was nude, you know, it's hard to get a reaction. But I did watch it, of course. But uh, she uh, stands by her and her rep said that she was in fact nude for that scene, which is kind of crazy. Um, um, but yeah, no, it looked pretty good to me. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, very, very similar to uh, as Bobby Dylan in the film Forrest Gump. Yeah, very good observation there, Artie Hall. Um, also, they did the um, the weekend update, um, and they had to do a dedication to the late great Norm Macdonald, as you know, uh, he passed away. Um, couple weeks ago and uh, definitely surprising and shocking death that just like um chadwick boseman he kept his cancer um private his cancer diagnosis private uh, he's been battling cancer for quite some time benny boy you got a question so do you guys remember when norm mcdonald was on the celebrity version of who wants to be a millionaire i haven't seen it well basically I'll, I'll give you the skinny he was the last one called after all the celebrities were gone. And he basically was able to guess his way all the way up to the million dollar question. He just plowed through it. He didn't give a shit. He was just like, I want to do this final answer. I want to do that final answer. And Reed just was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And he, he ran out of lifelines. I think Reed just made him use a lifeline. And I think he did the 50, 50 and then the audience couldn't decide on the audience one. So it canceled out. And, Bottom line was he and his phone a friend didn't work. So he was at Lifelines. He was at the million dollar question and he wanted to go for it. He wanted to go for it because he believed he got it. 
He's right. like, I want to guess. And Reed's like, whoa, before you do this, think about the children. This is for a charity, and you're risking half a million dollars or whatever right. it was on this. Okay. So I want you to really think about this before you do it. <laughs> and Norm's like, all right, Regis, if you really feel that way, I can just take the money and leave. So he took the 500000 and it turned out he would have been right. He oh, he would have right. had more money for the kids. No way. Yes, he would have gotten the million-dollar question. Regis, Regis, Regis. talked him out of it. I know, but, but now both rest in peace, Regis right. and Norm MacDonald. Both of them are no longer with us. But uh... And I'm just like, guys, don't do you think the network should have done the right thing and given him the extra 500000 or whatever it was? Giving him oh, the extra yeah. for the million. Yeah, because he would have guessed the right answer. But I exactly. guess that, that, that just puts the integrity of the game in question when you do things like that, I guess. The integrity of Regis Philbin. Like, what are you doing, man? It's not your yeah. job to stop him. It's your job to be helpful. And if you're doing the if you're doing that, then you're not being helpful when you're going against the guy's instincts. So. Well, Norm MacDonald, I mean, I'll tell you, he they definitely um, did a very nice tribute on Saturday Night Live's uh, premiere episode where they had him close the weekend update segment with some of the classic Norm MacDonald um, when he used to do the, yeah. And, and uh, he had a little bit of controversy because he would out, always make fun of OJ Simpson. Yeah. Killer. Uh, <laughs> and really, uh, we talked about producer, this bad joke on the blow on the, that was disappointing art. Right. And, yeah. We <laughs> talked about his jokes because one of the producers on Saturday night live was friends with OJ. And he was he friends with OJ. He didn't like the joke. Yeah. And that's most likely, I guess, the reason why he left Saturday Night Live or they they had a parting of ways, right? Oh, yeah. Was that that? that so remember, he did the voice of death on Family Guy before Adam Carolla did it. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, wow. So so NBC actually passed on a sequel to the 1999 hit. Cruel Intentions, which had one of the hotter on-screen kisses, but now they're developing a college-set reboot of the film that starred Selma Blair, Reese Witherspoon, Ryan Phillippe, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. This is definitely one of my favorite movies of the late 90s, Um, but uh, I think because of the Amazon's upcoming I Know What You Did Last Summer update, they decided to kind of go with it with Cruel Intentions, and of course... Hollywood has no original idea, so they're going back to the well. But, you know, I think Cruel Intentions would kind of have a nice reboot, I think, you know? Um, I, th- I think that the the first one holds water, man. I don't think it needs yeah. it. If you, you can even do it if you want to, but I'm just saying the other one stands the test of time. And yeah. um, did you know, you probably knew, there was a prequel and a TV show created from that was franchise. It? I didn't even know that. Was it really? There was a prequel where obviously Sebastian's still alive. And there was a pilot episode that aired where Reese Witherspoon goes out to find Catherine because her son wanted to find out more about his dad. And he went out to find Catherine to ask her about it. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar was in it, but Reese Witherspoon was not. And you see some flashbacks of Ryan Felipe walking around just as a tribute. It was actually pretty good. I got to say, it was actually pretty good. Okay. Well, those are those are direct, I guess, um, spinoffs or, or sequels to the, this one. I guess is completely reboot because it is college age, and Reese, you know, Reese Ryan, they're all in their forties. Sarah Michelle. Well, Ryan, well, I don't think could be in it because he's dead. I'm just saying, the right? Dead. That too, that so. too. So yeah, complete reboot. But I, you know, you know, I don't, I don't mind that. I mean, obviously, Saved by the Bell, people have their 
different opinions on that. I know King of the Age, Chacha McFly was not a fan of uh, of the reboot. Uh, ben, are, are you a fan of the Saved by the Bell reboot? Or sequel? I, it really is I, a I, I gave it a chance, and I'm just like, I don't really care about the next generation. That's why I didn't even like the new class. Yeah. Now, that one episode, spoiler alert, where it predominantly focuses on the four actors from the original one, the whole episode was right. good. So I'll say that was good. But the whole thing was sort of a shoulder shrug for me. Okay. It yeah, I, thought, I think that they're just uh, the show really is pandering um, to, to, mean, woke, um, to the woke culture. And, it's, and uh, don't get me wrong. Diversity is great. But I really feel it just it's just force feeding pandering. It, it was funny when Zach was like, Kelly, you're the best wife ever. I'm so glad you're the only woman I've ever been with. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And I was oh, like, wow. yeah, I guess she was. Yeah, I yeah. guess she was. And it's but funny. What? I just watched Saved by the Bell Wedding in Vegas on Netflix recently. And I was like, interesting how that movie, to see that movie as an adult. I'm like, yeah. I, I, I see, like, where they were going with it. And I'm just like... <laughs> When the father showed up to save the day, why didn't they just move the wedding to Los Angeles? Right. Why did they make all the patrons come to Vegas? <laughs> you know? Well, Vegas is fun. I mean, it's fun, but I know Zach's father was rich, but was he that rich to fly everybody? Sure. Okay. Sure. sure why not? Yeah, everybody loves Vegas. Who doesn't love Vegas, first of all? You know, right? Right, Artie? Speaking of somebody that loves yep. Vegas. Yeah. Vegas yep. is Vegas the best, right? So, so this is this is one thing I'm I'm all about. Big Brother, the first African American winner in 23 seasons, was Xavier Prather. He's a an attorney, bartender, and model. He does it all. Um, but uh, they had the two-hour live season finale of Big Brother last week, and um, it was all about a six-person all-black alliance that stuck to their guns and their their vision. To make it to the end of Big Brother as um, as a party of six, so they didn't turn on each other until they made the final six, and there you go, history's made. Can you believe it? in 23 seasons there has not been an African American um, winner of Big Brother, and um, they actually now have a reality TV diversity rule now, where there has to be 50% diversity now. So. So whatever and amount of people you have, it must be 50-50. Yeah, 50 percent non-white now. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll notice that in reality shows going forward. Um, they already started with The Bachelor. I think it was one of the most diverse seasons I've ever seen. And then Survivor specifically, Big Brother, all the big reality shows are following that. Um, and I think this is just specifically for CBS, I think. I'm not sure. But I did see a lot of diversity on ABC, especially about believe- that controversy with the host, you know. I'm just amazed these shows are still going strong. I really am. They're the OGs of reality and still going strong. Yeah. I mean, I know how much you love reality TV. I know how much. Well, you love- they're only there's only some niche shows, and it started with my friendship with Johnny Fairplay, uh, being on Survivor. Uh, so that kind of stuck as still being a Survivor fan. And Big Brother was kind of like the indoor version of Survivor. So I kind of got into that. The only so, tie I have is a very small one. I'm friends with a girl named Rachel Ako. She was the first one kicked off of Survivor a couple years ago. Okay. Well, yeah. Yep. It's a hell of a feather to have in your cap. <laughs> <laughs> and we partied very hard with Johnny Fairplay already, didn't we, back in the day? Well, I certainly partied hard with him. You went to bed, but yeah. 
<laughs> it would have been another incident, but yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. Correct. And, yes. And speaking of diversity, um, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association now has six black members. So I guess six is better than zero, but they 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 have a very small number of journalists. They only have eighty-seven members, um, and because you know they had huge controversy when it was revealed that they had zero black members, uh, you know, going into their Golden Globe Awards. So controversial, in fact, they they canceled. They completely canceled the Golden Globes in twenty twenty one. Oh, sorry, 2022, sorry. So we're not getting Golden Globes next year. Oh. Um, they, oh, wow. they promised to do better, but yeah, it's kind of crazy how that happens, man. I, I love how creative they were about the um, the Oscars during the pandemic, I got to say. Yeah. They were really creative with that. And they and, and I know quite a few of the people. Oh, right, yes. How they, they couldn't have an audience. For example, somebody had to go with a hazmat suit to all the nominees of every category and wait outside their house. And if they didn't win, they mm-hmm. waved goodbye and took their tr- and took their award away. Yeah. Because even the people in the hazmat suits didn't know if they were going to knock on the Yeah. Door. That's how that, secretive they were. Yeah. And it's interesting because you mentioned that that was right before the vaccinations were readily available. So the Emmys was really the first normal award show, I guess, you know, I mean, um, I'm, I'm, it was actually pretty. It was an interesting thing to see, and uh, we'll probably never see that again, which is hopefully a good thing. But yeah. they were like, you know, we're not going to uh, denounce the work of all these pe- these celebrities and, and their work. They're going to get their awards. We're just going to have to do it differently this year. Yeah. Art, I mean, you have an interesting opinion on award shows, don't you, Art? He does. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's interesting. I just think that they are <laughs> so rather relatively boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I guess if the thing you'd find interesting would just be my overall disdain for and, and confusion as to the public's enamoration of it. I mean, it's just a bunch of people glad handing and circle jerking and patting themselves on the back. Yeah. So it's a sort of, it's like this. I would say, look, it's like Cool Kids Club, it's right? Like, Did you say Cool Kids Club or yeah, something? Yeah, like it's Cool Kids. It's Cool Kids. It's like, hey, you know, if there was a bunch of high schoolers, nice award, Ben. If there was a bunch hey, of high I, schoolers at another high school having an award ceremony, right. they literally have nothing to do with your life, yet you want to watch them. Yeah. Why? Unless it's also you watch them win that game, like, Art. Unless yeah. you, well, people people act like they got a fucking dog in the race if somebody wins an award or not. It's like this isn't football. <laughs> It's not like you have a fantasy league based off this shit. It's like you're talking about mostly a bunch of white people who are trying to get the same fucking award. It's like, I don't know. It's not like we're breaking yeah, There's diversity really, now, though. Come I don't on think they're even necessary at this point in time. Well, I was going to say, now there's some diversity. But for a long time, it's literally... It's like, okay, let's see what, what white fellow is going to walk off with this award again because they pretend cried for two hours. Big fucking oh. deal. <laughs> hey, Artie, can I, I mean, say something, just, man? When yeah. You yeah. say anything you it, want. When you think about it, dude, it pretty much just ups the worth of that actor or that artist. Now they're worth more money when you hire them, right? Oh, sure. All it does is it's look, it's all it's like. And well, that's the evaluation for the studio system. Yeah, they yeah, they create a higher sense of perceived value for a person. And all I got to say is I always go back to this. It's like, here's where I think with 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 Oscars. Remember, Suicide Squad, the first one won an Oscar. So that's all I have to say about that. 
<laughs> wow. But that's for and cre- creative aspect, correct? And also the writer or sorry, the uh and also the guy who played the principal on community won an Oscar. Oh snap. Wait, which actor yeah, is Jim that? Rash. Yeah. Jim Rash. Wow. Jim Rash. Wow. Jim Rash, the bald guy. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, that, that that's wild. That's really wild. Imagine if, if someone sold their yeah. Oscar on eBay. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. Art, you mentioned you are a fan of the swag bags. That would be your one reason for wanting to go to one of those. Anywhere. And, well, yeah, dude, all they do is throw all around like fuck off money at these things. It's mm-hmm. amazing how much it money is amazing. they waste. It's wonderful. Yeah, dude, I'll totally take a free bag of stuff. Come on. Do it. <laughs> All right. Do you guys remember? You guys remember that horrible instance? That horrible, horrible instance with um, Moonlight and La La Land. Remember that shit? Of course, that was hilarious. I remember that botch. I was crazy. That was kind of like Steve Harvey with the Miss Universe. Right. Except that was just one blunder. But you see the domino effect of the shock of all those people one by one. Yeah, La La Land. I'm like, fuck. I'm sorry, it was Moonlight. Wow. Oh Oh, my God. Reading the wrong envelope, guys. They completely screwed that up. Wow. It's really funny because of all movies, it would be one about actors trying to make it. And mm-hmm. and not making it, and the fucking yep. thing tried womp to win womp. the Oscar, didn't win the Oscar. Oh. <laughs> I think that 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 has to be irony of some sort. I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> wow. So coming up on the Super Bowl halftime show for 2022, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Um, that's a heck of a lineup. I'm glad Last year that. it was just the weekend, and a lot of people thought it was a little bit of a lackluster performance. But you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic. You know, I mean, right. how 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 great or a lavish can a show be? But uh, Guys, yeah, I have a question: Are we all going to go to the awesome. Super Bowl here in LA? Are we going to go? I uh, mean, no. <laughs> yeah, Los Angeles is hosting. The Super Bowl and Dre, Snoop, and Lamar are native Angelinos. By chance, I mean we would go if you treat us. I mean, we... oh yeah, I was going to say anybody got the anybody got the multi me. What do you guys think? Five grand? Would it be five grand for all that? Oh, yeah. easily That's five grand or more. Yeah, Maybe for a ticket. it's, it's well, you insane. Can, you guys, you guys, can, you can sleep in my apartment, so that's money saved on the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you though, if the Baltimore Ravens are in the Super Bowl, that is something. That's oh, a once in a lifetimer, man. Here in LA, for the Ravens to be in the Super Bowl here yeah. in LA, a once in a lifetimer. Wow. Uh, I just want to let you gentlemen know uh, that if you'd like to go to the Super Bowl in 2022, mm-hmm. the lowest package is for the all seats, and that is $5,950 per person. There you go. That's correct, Ben. You're around so right in the ballpark. Six grand per person. That's well, I am a Jew. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't say it. I said it. I'll say it. was <laughs> good. Oh man. Um, other music stuff going on. Maybe just real quick. Maybe I might just splurge. I might just splurge on it. We'll if the Ravens happens. are in it. Well, I can't really see as time is closer, the tickets will become more expensive. So maybe could I could yeah. maybe I just take a Hail Mary. Or it could and, be it could be a little bigger value because maybe people have to unload the tickets if they can't make it. But that's a good idea. 
you know. If the Ravens are in it and it's still five grand, I might just go. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the Austin City uh, Limits Festival was over the weekend and Billie Eilish slammed the controversial new abortion law. While performing at um, the festival, she said when they made that shit a law, I almost didn't want to do the show. She said this on stage because I wanted to punish this fucking place for allowing that to happen here. But then I remember it's you guys who are the fucking victims and you guys deserve everything in the world. And we need to tell them to shut the fuck up. My body, my fucking choice. Wow. Five F bombs in five sentences. (laughs) She's a very vocal and opinionated young lady. Um, <laughs> Eilish is. Um, and then, of course, speaking of pop stars, Britney Spears is celebrating her um, conservatorship um, freedom from her father. Apparently, uh, the hashtag free Britney movement came to fruition. And she started posting a bunch of nude Instagram photos. <laughs> Yes, she did. Uh, no, she As, didn't. She was still covering herself. So, well, no, yeah. she wasn't. They put little, they put little flowers over top of exactly. all the exactly. She celebrates conservatorship freedom by being nude on Instagram. Benny yes, Boy, go look it like, up, Ben. Check it go out. Go on your to phone. Britney Spears <laughs> Instagram page, man. What's it called? What's it called? Britney Spears, a blue check, and it will come up. <laughs> yep. There uh, it is. Yes. Um, she basically said, I have no words because of you guys and your constant resilience and freeing me from my conservatorship. My oh. life is now in that direction. I cried last night for two hours because my fans are the best and I know it. Wow. You're right. You guys are right. Yes. Very uh, we're nude. never wrong when it comes to boobs. Yes. <laughs> very nude and very sexy. I mean, she's, I mean, she's 40, spirits. man. 40 years she's old. Beautiful. Almost 40. Yeah, and uh, where look, is she? A little cray cray, a little cray cray. I think she's I think in, she's like, in Hawaii. Okay. Oh, I I she was, Hawaii. Those photos I thought were in Hawaii. Oh, the, but the photos are in Hawaii. Okay. Hey guys, while we're on the subject, uh, here's a question for you guys: How big does a celebrity have to be to warrant getting that blue check on their Instagram? Ooh, uh, uh, not terribly big, honestly. I'm not. I'm not sure how they validate or verify, but you don't have to be. There's a verification huge. process. Yeah, there's a yeah. process involved. And I think it might have to do with maybe um, third-party agents or managers maybe getting involved. Because it is is tough to get that blue check. It really is. I think everybody wants that check. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right? I'll take a blue check and I'll take a big check. (laughs) I actually had one at one point in time on Twitter. You had a blue check? Yes. At one point in time, I had one on Twitter. It's not there anymore, but I had one at one point in time. Now, what did you do to submit for it? I think somebody else submitted me for it. I mean, that's awesome. That, that's tremendous. You got to get that blue check back, man. You <laughs> want your, your baby blue check back. <laughs> um, and let's talk uh, about IATSE. So they, um, the IATSE members, which, as you know, is the union for all the crew, the below the line crew. Um, have voted to authorize a nationwide strike against film and TV productions if the last-ditch negotiations fail to produce a fair deal, and the vote was 98% in favor, which gives Yahtzee President Matthew Loeb the authority to call a strike 
if he and the AMPTP president fail to reach an agreement in the uh, upcoming days. So uh, voting is, uh, I guess, uh, still uh, continuing. And um, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think they should just strike the like Netflix and the streaming services. Cause I mean, right. some of the sets I've worked on Netflix treats crew like shit. Especially in right-to-work areas. I mean, it's like really, right. really, really bad for them. I mean, they don't give them meals. They make them work overtime. I mean, I haven't seen that with as much, like, with network shows or cable. It just cable. seems like Netflix yeah. is just taking advantage of the situation because they're uh, new media. I, I think that's the problem. So yeah, I, I that, think that's that's the major gripe that Yahtzee has is with working on these new media productions, um, they don't have – the same like kickbacks, I guess, like the pay. Well, I mean, I was actually working up in Ohio on yeah. a, a wheat germ, and mm-hmm. the director said on the radio, "I had that was one of the drivers. Mm-hmm. Don't tell everybody we only have fifty lunches. There's not <sighs> enough to get found." Oh, he wow. actually said that. So no, nobody on crew got lunch. Nobody that was an extra or nobody that was a driver got lunch, and they wrapped us after wow. fourteen hours of work. So, Holy and since work, you can't do anything about it. So, as I said, that was like the, the crummiest thing I've ever. I mean, as I said, it was plain as day. He said it right on that radio. So, I mean, they do treat people like crap. And I, I said something to the PAs. I said, "Why do you put up with that?" It's like they they had no other work around that area. So it's like they had. Yeah. To. Well, in addition to the new media lower yeah, wages or whatever, it's also it's really also the long hours. I mean, well, working on set 14, and, and, 14 hours. I mean, we worked 14 hours, no breaks, no lunch, no whatever. I mean, so and you, since it was like, did right you have, work, did you have any food at all, man? Any food that you brought? We did not. So you just didn't. And any water we got, we got, we got, we had one guy who did bring us some water, but it was not all extra. The, they did not bring us any water at all either. We so won't. That's, that's that back after, happen. not a Yahtzee. So. Well, well, the thing is, uh, it was a, uh, but I mean, it was a right to work because it was Ohio. So that's like, right. And that's, I was doing that. That's inhumane, if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, let's, I mean, let's hope not, yeah, a strike doesn't happen if they can come to an agreement, guys. But I, I mean, mean, because. But, but apparently that was a regular thing on that set. And it's like, they need mm-hmm. to address that. I mean, and, and it's like, they have money to do stuff because. I mean, Adam Driver was on that film, so it's not like it was like a, a, a like mom and pop thing, right? Okay, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, I the thing is, is that yeah, it would be the Netflix, it would be the streaming shows that would be going on strike, which would halt production. I think shows like HBO shows, network shows, they would be unaffected, right, Paul? They wouldn't go on strike. I would hope so, yes, because, I mean, it seems like they treat people with, like, I mean, even, like, working on the shows I'm working on now, it seems like they treat people well, they uh, give us the breaks, they have good, the Crafty's always awesome on in Baltimore, I mean. Yeah, shout out to our Elena Moscat of Click on This Show, who is the um, crafty um, extraordinaire on a lot of productions here in the DMV, so shout out to She's Elena. crafty! She She's crafty! And the last thing I'd like to throw out is uh, expertise here, Paul Wallace, on WWE's draft. Okay. Uh, How do you think of the draft results from Raw and SmackDown? 
I don't know. It's I, I don't get some of what they were doing. I mean, do you? I mean, it's like. Um, well, let's see. So among the biggest name brand name changes was Edge, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Bianca Belair, and Becky Lynch are all moving to Raw, which um, is crazy because Becky Lynch is the SmackDown champion. You well, they're know, just switch belts, I think, they're just going to switch belts. And of course, that is uh, Charlotte Flair, who is yes. the Raw Women's Champion, who was drafted to SmackDown, and she joins Drew McIntyre. Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Sheamus, uh, to name a few. And this will go into effect after October 22nd, which is after the Crown Jewel pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. And, so and Edge is just basically a part-timer now, isn't he? I mean, he's just like maybe pay-per-view here and there, maybe like a few Wait, who's, who, who is part-time now? Edge. Edge? Well, Edge is, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... I don't know if he's part time. I mean, like he did, you know, leading up into WrestleMania, he did, you know, he's going to get a crown roll, Joel, because he's a big name, and they're going to hype him up because can't crown roll. Same with Goldberg, but just because they're big names, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Goldberg has not been confirmed yet. It's assumed that he's going to wrestle Bobby Lashley again. Uh, yeah, but that yeah, has not that's, been. Confirmed. I think that's a given for a crown draw. I mean, that's the only reason they bring Goldberg back for the most part. They have to. And of course, Roman Reigns defends against Brock Lesnar. We've seen this match before, but now Roman Reigns is the heel and Brock Lesnar is the face. And Brock lo- has a completely different look with facial hair and a ponytail. Well, he looks like <laughs> a Viking, to be honest with you. Am I right, right or wrong? Yeah. yeah He's coming he, out with the Viking Raiders. That would be the perfect, like, three person tag team. Am I right? That would be cool. Yeah. But I think this this uh, three-way for the women's championship, um, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Sasha Banks is going to be phenomenal as well. And uh, RK Bro and R, uh, RK Bro, which is Randy Orton and Matt Riddle versus AJ Styles and Omos for the Raw Tag Team Championship. So those are the crown jewel matches thus far. Um, but um, yeah, no, the, the the draft was you know it was cool. I mean, it was good to see some. Uh, yeah, and XT names get brought up, you know? Just kind of so-so. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it was yeah. a very draft. I mean, I mean, I wasn't like, it was like, eh, I could see these moves getting done. It's like, yeah. Well, it looks like they're giving Austin Theory a second chance at the main roster because he was brought in by Paul Heyman. He's getting a second chance. Um, we also saw uh, Olympian Gable Stevenson uh, get drafted to Raw. Um Right, but isn't he one of those guys who can't wrestle for like a, two years or something because he wants to finish college or something like that? I I don't know. Since he's already drafted the Raw, I guess that's right, right out the window, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, no. Cause, I mean, <laughs> I, I think he, I, How can I think he be drafted gonna, the Raw and not be able to wrestle for two years? I think they had the rights, but I mean, I think he said something like he's going to college for two years, so it's going to be a while for him to like even wrestle. Because they're going to talk Gable about him. Stevenson, the Olympian, the gold medalist? Yeah. I did not. I wasn't aware. I thought he was uh, I ready. He, yeah, I thought there was something like where he still wanted to keep his amateur status for a couple of years, and then okay. But I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. they maybe they gave him enough money where he was like screwed and just yeah. was like, hey, I'm going to be in WWE now. Yeah, no, they 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 very much yeah. That's a, quite the possibility. Um, so yeah, they brought some NXT people, which is which is cool, and then over on SmackDown. Um, they actually brought in uh, Isaiah Scott, top dollar, Shante Adonis, you know, from that faction in NXT. Yeah. Um, so that'd be cool. They're actually really, really entertaining. They also brought in Zia Lee and Aaliyah. 
the women's division. So that's kind of uh, cool see to that. see. So yeah, I don't uh, yeah. Know they're taking the NXT cops too because it's like it's either they're going to do something with them or they're just going to sit back. You know what I mean? Cause it seems like they, it's like, I mean, they've wasted so much NXT talent that they brought up. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to be negative on it, but it just seems like that they just don't know what to do with them. Yeah. I don't know. NXT, as you know, um, big Paul went through a rebrand. So if yeah, you've seen it, if you've seen it recently, it's a completely different look. It's kind of like Raw SmackDown light, it seems now, instead of like that edgy indie, you know, had that indie feel, or whatever. So, but yeah, that's all I have for WWE wrestling news for right now. But um, of course, we are. No uh, user. No, nah, I don't really have anything else on that. But um, I heard you have Bray Wyatt coming back soon. I mean, who's supposed to come back soon? I heard Bray Wyatt. I think eligible what next week or the week after. Yeah, I yeah, until it's yeah, pen the paper. I. We'll just have to wait and see um, if he, if and when he debuts with AEW. So we'll see what happens there. But we do have to say some rest in pieces uh, to those that uh, are no longer with us. Um, includes Alan Coulter, voice of CBS's The David Letterman Show for most of its run. Passed away at the age of 78. Mm-hmm. Cynthia Harris, who portrayed Paul Reiser's mother on Mad About You. Sadly, it also passed away. Michael Tylo, who starred in God in Light, Young and the Restless, other soap operas. And this one really disturbs me out of all the passings. 53-year-old makeup hair designer who won an Emmy for Bridgerton. He's UK-based. He's double-vaxxed. And he died after a battle of COVID-19. Three weeks after he won the Creative Arts Emmy for his work on the Netflix series. This, that's really concerning, guys. Well, I've I've heard of that. I mean, uh, you. Well, I told you before. I can't get vaxxed because I mean my allergies. But I mean, I d- don't know why they're trying like make. I think they're giving people false hope that the vax is makes you immune because there's a lot of people that I see in, like in stores and stuff that act like it's no big deal and you can still get it. I mean, I still think you should keep you can some still get it. But you're not supposed to die. Know. You're not supposed to die from it. Fifty three. Fifty-three is like no, no health conditions, no um. But I've, no I've, I've known people. Who, I've known people. I set up a flea market every week, so I've known yeah. at least six people who've died after a second dose. Whether it's some of them are older, so I mean they do have some of them might be yeah. all other health conditions. But I mean, but it's not being reported. It should be reported. I mean, it, I know it's not going to get reported because it's going to just be like make people not want to get it, which. I don't know if that's the right reason not to report it. Am I right or wrong? No, I agree. I think the thing is, it's like, you know, nothing's 100% effective. They say that. And the deal with this is it greatly reduces the chance. It does not eliminate the chance of death or hospitalization. It greatly reduces it. Just happens that, you know, um, you know, Paul, you've just seen a good share of people that is a bit of an outlier number, but compared to the number of people who would be kicking the bucket if they didn't get it this is a drop you know yeah yeah it is um, a drop but i mean but the all, i don't know i mean i i think everybody should see their doctor before just getting the vax too because i mean like with me i had i had to get blood tests and stuff and that proved that i mean if people didn't see a doctor if they had the same reactions i i had 
they could be dead. You know what I mean? It's oh, not, I totally, I totally agree. With a lot of people are just going out there getting it. Like there's mm-hmm. people who go out to Seven Eleven to get it. It's like that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen people do, just to, mm-hmm. to like virtual signal or to be on like to do something for Facebook. It's just the dumbest thing I've seen. But you should always see your doctor first and see what. All right. Yeah. Well, that's just that's just called doing due diligence in the research, and the research is speaking to a professional, not reading Facebook. <laughs> And that that door swings both ways. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm though, not even on Facebook. So even though I mean, Facebook is uh, tends to lean a certain way politically, but how did everyone deal with the Facebook outage on Monday? <laughs> I thought it was I thought happened. it was just me for a little while. I'm like, really, Instagram, <laughs> really? I thought, I, I, did, I thought a girl blocked me when I was DMing her. I'm like, what the fuck? My messages aren't going through. And then when I started checking other profiles, like, okay, she, she didn't block me. <laughs> yeah, I, but, uh, I never even, I never even noticed. Not this time, Al. <laughs> not this time, exactly. I know. <laughs> well, for me, guys, I thought it was my internet connection, so I called Time Warner Cable, and there right. was a message saying, hi, guys, I understand that Instagram and Facebook are at a, are, are on the blitz right now. Right, Have faith, exactly. it'll be fixed soon. So I'm like, okay, it's not just me. Okay. Yeah. Darth Paul, you're not on the Facebook or the Instagram, so it was no issue for uh, you. I was on Twitter, but I mean, I haven't done anything since. I mean, I live tweeted the Outsiders when I was on. Yeah, but Twitter, Twitter's not in that. Yeah, that I haven't done so anything on Twitter in years, so it's like oh, years. Okay, so you're just not a social media guy at all. I'm not social media at all right now. It's just that yeah. I just, I just got. Oh, well, if you ever become famous, Paul, you might have to be, or you have I someone just, else run. I just wanted to press pause on that, Paul. Did you say on uh, the Outsider, the HBO show? No, the Outsiders, the WGN show that everybody oh. sees, the okay. show of teenagers, which it's not. No, and I they don't think it's the Outsider, the other show, which it's not. So they they should have really come up with a better name for that show, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay, very cool. Well, guys, we always end with birthday shout-outs on October sixth. Elizabeth Shue, happy birthday, Elizabeth Shue. It's fifty-eight. Wow. Amy Jo Johnson, that happy old? birthday, Amy Jo Johnson. I know, right? Uh, Is that ha- the Pink Power Ranger? The Pink Power Ranger. She's 51. No yeah. way. I know, I right? Old. No way, man. I that know, I know, know right? Emily Mortimer, Mary Poppins returns is 50. Um, let's see. Um, Jeremy Sisto from Law and Order, six feet under 47. Actor Brett Gelman from Stranger Things, he's 45. Um and yeah, that's birthdays today. Happy birthday. Um happy birthday shout out to mom, Mama Soto, whose mm-hmm. birthday was yesterday. Well, happy birthday, Al's mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, below the belt shows, dear friend and uh recurring guest co-host Tiffany Marie Ford. Happy birthday, Miss TMF. Um Happy birthday. So uh yeah, man. Um and of course uh we uh, would conclude with just last-minute plugs and promotions. Um, of course, Art, you are a podcaster extraordinaire. you got a couple podcasts that we must be listening to, yeah, other than the Belt Show. <laughs> other than that, as I like to say, you know, the podcast market certainly isn't saturated, so why not have two more? Uh, so check out That Was Disappointing or Subversive Cinema. Yes. 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 You'll find Al on both of them and you'll find Ben on one of them. Very nice. Which okay. one? Only one way to find out. That's right. You're going to have to listen to all 60 some episodes of one and 10 of the other. Will Ben you know be appearing on the second one eventually? 
Uh, at some point, I just need to find a movie that will really test his mettle so that I could get into a 30 to 40 minute conversation with him griping about how bad it was for me to put him through that situation. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'd love to have him sit down for Faces of Death, but I don't think that's going to happen. Ooh, so I'll sure. come up with something. Well, all right. Uh, well, sorry, let's, I, I've been on that was disappointing. I haven't been on the other one. So what exactly do you do on the other one? Some we talk about someone. movies to okay. I talk about movies that are subversive and challenge the status quo in one way or the other. So awesomely bad or so bad. They're good movies all over the place. Some are that way and some are critically acclaimed. So yeah. and some are just strange. Some what are shoestring budgets. Some are bigger budgets. Yep. What, all what over the place. Hands of fate. What's what that? Manos to hands of fate. That is actually on the docket for, I think, I, I plotted out my seasons pretty far in advance, so I think that's actually on the, the docket for season three. Nice. Were any yeah. of my suggestions, uh, did they make the list? Like Tusk or? Uh, let's see. I don't know if I put Tusk on there, but I know you talked about something else, and that might be down in season three after. Yeah, I'm trying right to there. remember the other film. Art already has a series Bible for his podcast. Uh, well, I learned what that was disappointing that we sort of just shoot from the hip and that leads to a bunch of clusterfucks. So uh, I like to I like to plan things out a little bit further. Yeah. <laughs> and it's All funny, right. You're usually the one that will shoot from the hip. Well, you know, if uh, if you if you uh, plan to fail or no, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. I guess that's what it is. So um, that that works for that was disappointing. Failure is our middle name. Nice. Um, subversive <laughs> cinema. I'd rather that to be success as a middle name. All right. And is it just you by yourself, Art? Yes. All right. Yes. The man with the See, golden. You know what? Voice. I think they should team up and have a show like Cisco and Ebert. That seems like a good. <laughs> <laughs> Cisco and Delco. <laughs> there you, oh shit! There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, uh, ben Cheyenne, anything to drop or plug? Sure. I've been doing this really cool gig called House of Spirits, a drunken cocktail soiree. And it's a macabre Halloween haunted house mansion here in L.A. where Ooh. it's really so much fun. Um, people come through the house. There's monsters upstairs. There's people singing downstairs. There's burlesque. There's a guy gets naked. There's a Ouija Hopefully board. Not, <laughs> uh, not me. There's a Ouija board you can talk to. And there's two uh, basements. One is a maze and one is like a really cool futuresque thing. So oh, it's a really wow. cool gig and I'm really happy to be a part of it. So no naked women, just naked men. Correct. Just naked so. men. Okay. Keep that in mind. Okay. But no, still, still worth checking out despite. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> House of Spirits, a drunken cocktail soiree. We go all the way till Halloween night. Awesome. Halloween's a great. Great holiday. I'm really looking forward to that. And Big Paul, anything to plug, promote? I really don't have anything I'm plugging right now. I mean, a friend of mine's still going through some stuff. I mean, if you want to keep her in her prayers, I mean, uh, she's a local DMV actress. So, Okay. I mean, prayers prayers go out to um, Paul's friend, of course. So um, closing out tonight's show, we have actress Alicia Witt, guys, in a pre-recorded interview that myself and Dean on the scene, Rogers, did and of course she just recently had an amazing show at the songbird venue in dc great singer songwriter she was the child actress in dune in 1984 she also has been recently seen in the movie i care a lot with rosamund pike and uh peter dinklage at game of thrones art if you've seen have you seen this film i care a lot it's a crazy fucking film 
Um, it's like right up in the wheelhouse of Rosamund Pike because she does all those crazy movies like Gone Girl. And that movie is okay. just like, um, in a way, kind of in the same realm as Gone Girl, but also stars Rosamund Pike. But anyways, Alicia Witt okay. has a supporting role in it as well. And no, it's not a Care Bears movie, Penny Boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, I Care a lot, you know. Yeah. Alicia was also in um, Orange is the New Black's final season playing Piper's love interest, Zelda. And also she was in The Walking Dead as Paula the Savior. Paul, you probably now yeah. are kind of thinking of who Alicia Witt is now. She was she yeah. had a two episode yeah. arc on The Walking Dead. So yeah, well, this is a great interview. Uh so Alicia Witt on um a brief uh interview. Um and uh guys, we will see you guys next week on BTB. And of course, on behalf of everybody on the panel, starting with the one and only let's start with art hall podcaster actor filmmaker creator editor the list goes on and on art hall aka party artie <laughs> of course also that's right he is a sith lord from the planet the sith lord planet he is darth paul wallace I am a Sith Lord signing off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Al Celebrity Soto, guys. We will see you guys next week for another amazing show. So here is the interview with Lisa Witt, followed by a little bit of snippet of her song. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Chasing shadows, racing. Despite the time Tracing Jagged lines So let's go ahead and introduce On Below the Belt show Actress, singer, songwriter extraordinaire Alicia Witt We are so excited to have you here on Below the Belt show It's so good to be here Yes, and I got to say, Alicia, wow, what a performance at Songbird in D.C. You're uh, currently on your tour for your new album, The Conduit, and I got to say, the show was amazing. Um, the, just everything about the show. Um, your voice, the piano playing, the violin, the guitar, the drums, and just collectively, uh, just amazing music to my ears, Alicia. It was, it was a beautiful show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you could make it. Absolutely. Here also with Dean on the scene, Rogers, who actually had the pleasure of interviewing Alicia a few years ago, right, Dean? Yes, indeed. In fact, the, the last time we met, um, interviewed each other was at, you were at the airport and we were communicating via phone and then I met you at the original Songbird a couple years ago. I sure was. That's right. Nice to see you too, Dean. Nice Absolutely. to see you. <laughs> so overall, how has the tour experience been uh, thus far? It's been really fantastic. It's been a whirlwind, that's for sure. Um, But it has all been somewhat seamless and a lot of fun. My bandmates are incredible. I'm traveling with three of them. And as I speak to you now, we got a late checkout. And so we were able to sleep in this morning in Atlanta. That's always good. Had a book event Mm -hmm. last night. and Which we'll get into. 
right off. And then we're playing at Eddie's Attic in just a few hours. So I'm going to grab some food and and then start loading and start it all over again. I love tour life. I'm so grateful to get to do this, especially at a time like this when we've we've been not able to play live music for such a long time. Right. Well, mm-hmm. let's well, let's walk through this album, uh, The Conduit, because uh, first of all, you do have a billboard uh, topping a song called Chasing Shadows, and that actually is uh, one of my favorite songs off the album. I listened to the whole album on Amazon Music, and of course, I heard a lot of it live at Songbird, but uh, tell us about, uh, uh, I guess, collectively putting this album together. Uh, maybe you were in the studio during the pandemic, or was it something that's was recent that you put all together was a, a years in progress the writing of the songs has been years in progress but i mean they're they're a collection of songs that i had all set to go they weren't written during the pandemic i was due to get into the studio in march of 2020 in fact i had that all booked and as it all timed out of course we had to delay that and push it several times but um but I just felt like all of the songs that we chose fit that common thread of people who are significant to you being conduits sometimes rather than the person that you're supposed to end up with or friend that's going to be by your side every single day for the rest of your life. But they make their mark nonetheless. And that's the, the hope behind the collective, the conduit album. Um, I am just so proud of how it all turned out and loved the producers I worked with in Nashville. And it's it feels like the perfect time for this to come out because it is really all about connection. All of the, all of the songs. And it's what we need right now more than ever. So to get to play these songs in front of an audience means the world. Amazing. Well, that's- well, that's pretty good, Alicia. And I also heard your new album, It Is Sensational. And a couple of my favorites are I Hope It's Me and Someday, which was sung in acapella. And then that beautiful, I mean, beautiful piano just comes in at the perfect timing. And I want to know what was your inspiration behind Someday? That's one of my favorites. Thank you. Someday is actually the lyrics for Someday were part of what I brought to my writing session for my song Younger, which ended up on my 2018 recording. Yes. And Someday was the original inspiration for what became Younger, because Younger is a co-write. And one of the magical things about co-writes is that you come in sometimes with a nugget of an idea, and then the other writers take it in a direction you never would have imagined. And we ended up not really using any of the words that I had. Well, the bit about um, connecting when we were younger, like we did when we were younger, was actually originally in Someday. So that that's not in the lyrics to the current Someday song. But it's all it's all about that that feeling of just loving someone that much and also knowing that if you were to say all of those things to their face it probably wouldn't be received in the way you hope 
so it seemed easier to put it into a song. Well, we gotta we gotta bring up the book because you got a lot to promote, by the way, Alicia. You have small changes, uh, which is a uh, pretty much a rules-free guide to add more plant-based foods, peace and power to your life. And interestingly enough, um, a friend and colleague of mine, Elena Moscat, worked with you on Cecil Be Demented back in what? 2000. She yeah. says hello, but she she told me a story about she'd always have to prepare vegan um foods uh you know for you specifically i, I don't know if anyone in the cast back then was but it seems like you're kind of like doing the vegan thing before it was trendy <laughs> uh, most of hollywood is, seems to be following suit now um tell us about your i guess a little bit about the book and how being a vegan has, has changed your life i've you know back on cecil be demented i wasn't even vegan yet but oh I okay already People in in those days, like in the mid '90s, late mm -hmm. '90s, um, even the fact that I didn't eat red meat was significant. Ah, okay. So I, I mean, gosh, back then I was even still eating chicken. Okay. <laughs> um, but at the time, that was significant. Like I can remember working in Prague, for example, and not eating red meat was a big dietary. Um, significant thing. Right. Had a hard time eating in Prague in '96 because I didn't eat red meat, and that was the only thing I didn't eat. Um, so I'm I'm so grateful that life has changed to the point where here I am, and I, I have no question. We've already passed one vegan cafe, and there's countless other restaurants in five points here that I'm going to be able to go into and get something delicious to eat. But part of what I talk about in the book is there's ways that you can order at most restaurants if you know what to look for. I, I could go on and on about it. Like last night we were at a Mexican restaurant, which of course is not vegan, but you just have to know, for example, don't get the Mexican rice because they cook that in chicken stock almost all the time. So you can instead get extra black beans, which are almost always completely vegetarian, whereas refried beans are not. And it's just stuff like that. If you know, it becomes very easy. I don't, there's never a day on tour or on set where I go hungry or feel like it's challenging to find delicious and satisfying things to eat. And since I became almost 100% vegan about 11 years ago, I can't tell you what a difference in my energy level, my metabolism, my skin. Um, it, it's become effortless in a way I could never have imagined. And I think the key really is small changes because if I had gone from having no dietary policies as I grew up with you know, eating lots of dairy and meat and all of it, to just all of a sudden saying, okay, I'm vegan now. I don't think that would have worked for me. So I'm I'm excited to get to, I think this book might help not only people who want to be completely plant-based, but more especially I'm hoping to reach those who say, I will never be vegan, that's not for me, but I wanna include more plant-based options. I wanna, I wanna help expand what people think of for food so that they don't have to eat meat twice a day, for example. Okay. 
And of course, you can get small changes at all your uh, favorite books bookstores uh, online or uh, in person, I guess. And, uh, um, and in addition to uh, recipes and eating habits, uh, anything else that we can find in the book? Um, I'm imagining some exercise yes. uh, routines, yes? There's simple exercises that you can yeah. do every day, even when you don't have very much time. Um, there is meditation practices that also you can do anywhere. You don't have to take a fancy meditation course or, you know, spend 20 minutes twice a day to make a really big difference in your mindfulness. I love to journal five things I'm grateful for at the end of each day, or at least think them as I'm going to sleep. Like last night, I couldn't find my journal. I, I think I packed it, but we, we reconfigured everything in Nashville yesterday and I couldn't find it. So rather than tear everything out of my suitcase and lose 15 minutes of sleep doing that, I just thought of what I was grateful for as I fell asleep. All right. That's good to hear. Well, I, I'd like to uh, switch gears to acting projects because um, I actually watched I Care A Lot uh, uh, last week. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about that. How's your experience working uh, on that project, working you know, with Rosamund Pike? And because I, I think I told you when I saw you in person, they're all pretty much antagonists in that film. They're all pretty evil people. But yours was kind of like the likable of the evil people, I guess. <laughs> I, I First person to say that, and I'll I'll take it I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I didn't think she was very likable. <laughs> well, it's just I guess but, your demeanor, and then uh, after spoiler alert, oh, but after he, being killed off, um, sadly, um, you know, you know, it's a little distraught. Oh, maybe because you know I I like you as an actress, but uh, um, but that same feeling of when Rosemond Pike's character was shot, I didn't get that feeling when when you were killed. If that makes any sense. Thank you. <laughs> I also, it, one thing that made me laugh that you would probably have noticed then because you, you watched it so closely, which I, I love and appreciate. Um, just come up. I have a, I have a friend with me today. Hello. Aww. He's cute. Tour life. So he's, we're just sitting on these steps. Yes. Um, I, did you notice the, pictures because they always ask you when you play a role to submit pictures from your own life your your background yes and sometimes they use yeah. the faces of your friends or your family or they'll yes. sometimes those other people into those photos so they asked me for a whole bunch of those for both my for dr dr karen's office but also for the candlelight vigil photos. Oh, wow. And I laughed so hard when I saw the photos they chose of me for the candlelight vigil because after her being so nasty throughout the scenes she was in, the photos are all these most innocent. Like there's one of me in pigtails at, with a birthday cake in front of me and... There were other photos of me with my dogs, my real life dogs. <laughs> like, oh, poor Mary, and she was such a sweet lady. That's what I'm saying. She's a sweet lady. Uh, Peter Dinklage's character is from the Russian mafia. 
and then of course, um, you know, Rosamund Pike's character of Marla was a complete scam, uh, con artist. So like, who do you like? Who do you, have to, who do you cheer for? <laughs> so that, I thought that was very interesting and uh, a very different role very recently in Orange is New Black's final season, working closely uh, with Taylor Schilling as uh, her love, love interest. How did you, um, how did you enjoy that experience working on the final season of Orange is New Black? Was I could barely believe my luck. I loved that show. I had wanted to be part of it for um, for years. You know, I, I just was a huge You're fan, a fan of, of the show. Yes. Yeah, but you don't, as an actor, you don't really get to. I mean, you can you can put out the feelers, of course, but it's not up to you what. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, I loved it. I was to get to be on Orange for the final season and to play such a significant role and to get to be part of that storyline, the Piper and Alex one, because um, people feel so specifically about it. Some wanted her to get out of what seemed like a toxic, cyclical relationship, and then others really wanted the two of them to end up together because they clearly loved each other. So... I'm just thrilled I got to be a part of it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's great to hear, uh, Alicia. Well, the last time we talked, you were completing your seventh Hallmark film, Our Christmas Love Song. And just last year, you made your eighth film for Hallmark, Christmas Training. And we have to promote the Christmas con that you're going to be appearing in with all the Hallmark stars coming up December at the New Jersey Expo Center. So I'd like to ask, what is it about these wonderful Hallmark movies that keep you coming back time and time again? Yes. I just, I love that they make people so happy. And I love that I get to be a part of people's holiday. And it's such a sacred time of year. It's a challenging time of year for some with families who don't all get along. And all year long, I hear from people that these movies help make their holiday better um and there are there are people that tell me there's a specific movie i've made that they watch all year round because it just makes them feel good and everyone seems to have a different favorite and i just am so honored to be a part of that and i would have a very hard time saying no to a christmas movie i think forever if i'm asked to make one (laughs) I agree oh, with you 100%. That is now, awesome. It's been so nice talking to you all. Thank you for... Alicia, having... do you have to get going? I do. Okay, well, uh, really, uh, but just a, just a side note on that, we did hear a Christmas song at your performance, which I think was great, and getting us in the mood for Christmas uh, this December. Maybe we can have you back in December to promote your, your latest Christmas movies. But, Alicia, we thank you so much for joining us on Below the Belt Show. And if you could, a little promo, let us know who you are. Um, throughout your some of your acting accolades maybe a plug for your book and album and let us know you're on below the belt show hey i'm alicia Fitt. you're watching the below the belt show and i am so excited to be on tour with my new album the conduit and my new book small changes yes awesome all right, Alicia Witt, guys, a multi-talented, beautiful Alicia Witt. Thank you so much for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. Good luck with the rest of the tour. Thank you so much. See you out there. Take care, Alicia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Oh, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.